LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Very depressed. Very depressed this morning. Not a happy person. Both Rupert Barger and I very, very depressed. Somebody abroad won the Euro Millions, and we didn't. And we were convinced yesterday that we, you know, we had the little machine to do the numbers and everything. And Rupert had started, you know, planning on opening, you know, sort of a, I don't know what he was going to open actually. But he was going to spend a lot of money, and he'd had words with the bank manager, and he was, you know, it was all looking so. And I come in this morning, and the producer with a smile. A smile, ladies and gentlemen. The kind of thing to really make you feel depressed went, oh, there were two winners last night. I thought, you've got a look of Eva Braun about you, haven't you? I don't know what it was, but it was the kind of... And I said, you're determined to ruin my day. Absolutely ruin my... So I'm, I'm completely bereft today. And then I thought, I've got a programme to do. Hooray! And there's a story about Chantel in the papers. Hooray! And, uh, and there's two, two, um, two Twitter trolls up in court... Guilty as charged, and uh, one of them, Isabel, Isabella Sawley, 23, along with John Nimmo, 25, uh, they, they're drunken old trolls. And uh, I suspect they're going to be, they are behind bars. Oh, that's fantastic. That's the best result we've had so far. We like it. We've always said that if ever you have a, a Twitter account and somebody writes you something abusive, you go straight to the police. Straight to the police, and that's why in the case of... Isabella Sawley, I'll just remind you again who they are, Isabella Sawley and uh, John Nemo, they sent threatening, expletive-laden messages. Um, At one time, uh, they went over the line, I'm afraid. And so, in prison. That's the best news I've heard so far. The police love putting people like that in there because they think they're so big and clever hiding behind Twitter, the trolls, and you get them straight away. Oh, God, Peter Andre and uh, and his uh, his bird, the, uh, the... Really publicity shy. Emily, toss, 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 has apparently had a, a baby. <laughs> big deal. Big deal. Old man gets girl pregnant. What more can I tell you? And it'll probably be on the front page of OK magazine. Uh, this is the third child for Peter Andre. Better keep earning those pennies, love. I don't think the touring's going to be paying for it. But uh, Emily, who's actually quite plain when you look at her, really, she's just got long hair. So she's apparently, they were having a baby. And uh, yeah, it's apparently they've had a baby. So you're going to be having all these dreary stories in OK magazine, because it's about the only magazine that's remotely interested in boring old Peter, old man and young girl. What more can you say about it? It's nothing. Apparently, in an interview last year, he told of his excitement at becoming a father for the third time and the joy of Emily being able to breastfeed their daughter. Oh, too much information, pal. Too much information. To be honest with you, she doesn't look like she's got enough meat on her, you know, to survive the Sunday roast. You've only got to look at her to realise it's, uh, you know, and Pete... I don't, there was a, he said, I had a meltdown in mother care. I wasn't prepared for the breast pump. I nearly passed out when I saw it. Did you take a film crew in there with you, Pete? Because you generally do, don't you, love? Every time you go out shopping. You know, a bit like Chantel going out on the town and taking a photographer with her. Because like, nobody's going to be following this old baggage, are they? But apparently she's had a meltdown at Waitrose. It's the first time, he said, said Peter, that I, I'll experience breastfeeding. I don't think that's true, is it, Peter? I think you're telling a bit of a porky pie on that one, love. I think you've probably done breastfeeding before. Probably a few, t- a little bit, a little bit difficult with the pneumatically charged Jordan. I would have thought, but uh, so he's got three, three children. 
They're not the best-looking kids. I mean, I don't want to be rude. I'm not the kind of person, because I'm not the best-looking person either. But, you know, when you look at Peter Andre's kids, they're, they're slightly not... They're a bit off the wall, aren't they? You know, especially... Uh, I can't remember what they're called now. One is called Princess Tiamy or something. What's the other one called? Junior. That's really exciting, isn't it? It's as bad as Buddy Bear, I'm afraid. But uh, Junior, who's, uh, who's already got used to the camera crew. I still think the funniest line in the whole series was Pete filming his uh, calendar... Because apparently some people still still want to look at, you know, old men's bodies. Because uh, they buy the Cliff Richard calendar. And so they, uh, so he was having his, his, uh, his um, camera shoot in the pool. Because uh, his agent quite likes seeing with his shirt off. And, uh, and then they have to ask for the sock. Because he was posing in Speedos. And they, they, they put a sock down the front. And so in the middle of this filming, he goes, do you have the sock? And she goes, yeah, I've got the sock. She said, last year we used a hanky. Well, how embarrassing if you can't even fill your Speedos out. <laughs> amateur, amateur. Although I do remember another great line. When he was in the jungle with Jordan, he did ask that question. He said, do you think I'm well endowed? And of course, I mean, she doesn't know diddly squat, does she? I mean, she wouldn't know sort of a carrot from a cucumber. And um, and she said, yeah, but you could tell it, <laughs> it wasn't actually... You know, she wasn't totally being truthful with him. And I think he's always worried about that. I think he's a bit in the teeny tiny department. You know, which is OK. You know, because if if you are, it doesn't matter. You have to develop a personality a bit quicker than most people. Because otherwise, you know, it doesn't, doesn't kind of work, does it? Uh, 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk. I will tell you the Chantel story. Uh, I will also tell you about Benefit Street. They've had 200 complaints, and apparently the producers have had death threats. So it gives you a rough idea what kind of low life you're dealing with here. Plus, we'll tell you what Nick Ferrari is doing on his programme, and uh, one of my listeners is in hospital, so we'll be sending them goodwill mes- messages. We read out all your texts and emails on the programme. The, the producer's a little bit of a stickler for this one. He likes to make sure that we do everything out so it sounds fair and balanced, because that's what we do. Not. And, uh, and it'll all be great. So it's 84850-steve-at-lbc.co.uk. Uh, we've got some stories from yesterday in the papers, uh, which is quite interesting. Nigella versus Kylie. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry to say this. I mean, just because Kylie has deemed to graciously come back to the country, the singing midget is coming back in to be a judge on The Voice. You know, and, and they're going, oh, it's fantastic. I'm going, yeah, it is, it's lovely. But give it a rest, for God's sake. Now it's Nigella versus Kylie. There's no competition at all. There is no competition. It's Nigella all the way. All the way. Kylie, it's just, you know, we're, we're supposed to be grateful when sort of she comes back in and does a job for money. I don't know why we're supposed to be grateful for that kind of thing. I've been watching the the terrible weather in New York. I mean, it really has been absolutely vile. I think our boss has recently come back from there. He probably just missed it. As the plane was sort of coming in, the... Uh, the uh, the snow was hotly following on behind it. Uh, 84850, Which is fantastic, actually. And they've got great pictures. The, the weather of biblical proportions. Biblical. I mean, at, at one point, the firemen were trying to put a fire out in a house in Chicago, and the water was freezing on their hoses. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's as bad as it got, I'm afraid. You know, it's it's really, really terrible. Really terrible. And they're over there, minus 40. A friend of mine said the other day, minus 52. Well, when somebody else told, told me something. Now, he was going to send me a, an email yesterday. My friend Michael said, can you investigate this and find out if it's true? And what it is, it's when you go in to get your lottery numbers checked. Why are you smiling? 
You look quite evil this morning. What's the matter with you? Did you have the wrong sandwich? Did you get, oh, you got the sandwich with the evil stuff in it. All oh, right, OK. Because when you take... You know when you take your, your lottery number in, you, you've got... You're really frightening me now. You're really frightening me. <laughs> I jest. Um, and you've got your lottery numbers. But on the bottom, you've got your raffle numbers. And apparently, somebody said to me that the computer that they've got in the shops only checks the lottery ticket. It doesn't check the raffle numbers on there. Because what a lot of people do is they hand over their, their ticket to the news agent and you must almost make sure you get it back. Always make sure that they give you the ticket back. If, if you're a winner, it will go bing, 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 and it will print off a little piece of paper. They give you, you know, they show you the piece of paper and they go, that's worth a tenner. But if it, if it doesn't do anything, they just say, no, nothing on that one and give it back. And you rip the ticket up and throw it away. But the other numbers on there, the, uh, the raffle thing... The computer doesn't tell you whether they're winners. I don't know how you're supposed to find... I suppose those you're supposed to check yourself. This is what I heard the other day, so I'm determined to find out before the end of the programme whether or not this is a, an, an apocryphal story or whether or not it's actually true. You know, that's what I would like to find out. I'd like to find out. Because a friend of mine said, he said, how many times do you, they go, it's not a winner, and you rip the ticket up and throw it away? He said, but then when they come back with a raffle, you might have won on the raffle. I don't know how many unclaimed prizes there are. We know that two people claimed the Euro Millions last night were so so happy for them. We couldn't be more thrilled, a pox on them and their family. Um, because, they, <coughs> excuse me, they got 105 million. So what's that? That's 52 and a half million. 52. What we could do with that, honestly? God, the fun. You could, you could go around the world, couldn't you, on a tea tray on that one. 52 and a half million. That is serious. That's serious nice money. That's very good. But you could be, make a lot of people very happy. Make a lot of people very miserable, I think, as well. But uh, I like the idea. Uh, 84850. Patsy said, I'm very cross with you. We are wide awake, waiting for you to start. This is becoming a habit. I know. It's, it's one that we've all tried to get into, uh, you know, over the, over the weeks and the years and the months and all the rest of it. You, you do get into the habit, don't you? The amount of people I meet who now say they wake up specifically at four o'clock in the morning. Some people aren't able to manage it. But uh, some people are there just hanging on every single word. And those are the people that we love. We found another vile family. A judge jailed a family for keeping a man with learning difficulties as a slave. Warning the case was a wake-up call for society. This is a piece of filth, this family. This is not the first time we've had it. This is David Rook, his wife Donna. My God, they're a pair of uglies. And their son, Jamie, locked Craig Kinsella in a garage for two months forcing him to work from 7.30 to midnight and abusing him, kicking him, punching him, everything. Luckily, they've gone to prison. Now, this is not the first time that we have seen families going to prison for abusing people. And do you remember there was the case of um, rapist Ilias Ashar and his wife Talat, who both abused a piece of filth. She was the one who spat at the camera crew outside court. He's a, he's a rapist, and they brought this girl over, a deaf-mute girl, from the age of 10... From the age of 10, she was raped by this piece of filth. And uh, now we found another couple. And here they are. My God, they're uglies. Their son, it's the tracky-wearing brigade. You know what they are. Um, they lived in terrible conditions. David Rook got six and a half years. His wife, uh, Donna, got four months for battery. I'm a batterer. And their son got four years for assault. And also this, uh, this poor young man who was abused by them got compensation. 15000 from business money. Found at the Rook's home. Business money? What sort of business they run? What sort of business they're in, ladies? What do you reckon they're in? 
It'll be some dodgy thing, won't it? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And, uh, what's the time now? Quarter past four. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what we're talking about now. We were just, we were laughing. At, so I can't even tell you what we were laughing at. I can't, I wish I could, actually. <laughs> uh, Dave says... Um, he says, after learning about the birds and the bees from, from Ollie Mann this morning, I'm totally confused. Everybody knows if you kiss a girl, she'll get pregnant. <laughs> Do you know the funny thing? We never did the birds. And, I mean, every notice, there's a pattern emerging with Ollie's show. It's sex. And uh, I always think that's a sign of frustration. You know, because if somebody talks about everything... Because yesterday we had nudism, you know, and people walk around naked. And then today it was, tell me about your first experience. God in heaven, mine's done from memory. I've gotten, you know, I've, <laughs> all these sort of... Th- people want to talk. We used to have a sex programme on LBC some years ago. And um, it all originated with Anna Rayburn. She was the one that pioneered sex phone-ins. And, uh, and, and she would say words on the radio that you'd never heard before. And I used to sit there, you know, kids would sort of sit there at home going, did you hear what she said yesterday? Unbelievable, some of the words. But she was, she was sort of breaking down the barriers because if there's one thing we're not very good at, it's talking about SEX. Because we're all a bit embarrassed. We've all got hang-up. I mean, I've, I've long campaigned for us all to do this programme naked. They won't join in. They won't join, you know, and you think to yourself, well, you know, unless you've got three, you know, who cares? But they, they won't do it. I did it once. I, I did actually do a naked programme on LBC. And we put it on the cameras. Well, it was like a meltdown. Like a, we, we didn't actually do it naked or on the cameras. But it's amazing how many people, hundreds, wrote in going, well, I can't find the camera. I can't find the camera. Like I was going to stand up and wave things around my head or something like a helicopter. Which is very unlikely. <laughs> Would have been a small, small one. Uh, all the lottery and euro numbers plus raffles can be checked on Teletext, says D. Right. Uh, 84850. And uh, another one here. We're doing them all. Joe says, not true about the lottery raffle ticket. A friend heard this rumour and Camelot confirmed the machine checked them all. Well, I've heard it doesn't. And we've heard this from a shopkeeper, which is a bit strange. Um... Uh, Marie says it's true about the raffle ticket. That is strange. And somebody says Chantel was photographed in the paper before Christmas eating kebabs and McDonald's. Surprise, surprise. Chantel was in yesterday's sun promoting a diet. Why did desperate nobodies deliberately damage their bodies to sell a story? Well, she takes um, a photographer with her. We know this. And you're right that she was photographed with her gut hanging out. If you're that fat and that ugly, you don't go out into a public park with a photographer, with a crop top on, unless you're either bringing out a DVD or there's some way of you trying to make money. And because she's got no talent, what she does is she'll sort of pile on the pounds and then she'll go, I'm doing a diet with the sun, because that's the best she can get. She doesn't have any skill. The skill is just shove your you know, face full of kebabs and stuff like that. And then after that, they then photograph you losing the weight. It's roughly akin to Natalie Cassidy. You know, she brings out the diet video and her workout classes. We go, oh, I want to look like Natalie Cassidy. No, you don't. Because within a a matter of months after the first rubbish came out, she was fat as ever. But she'd been on all the television programmes. It's because it's done professionally now and it becomes a business in this country. Sam Fahiers is on the front page of OK at the moment talking about her diet. Don't buy it. It's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. These people have no qualifications whatsoever you know, to actually tell you how to lose weight. It's as simple as that. So don't waste your money. 84850. Malcolm says, did you see the lying game? It showed how the experts can read the body language of criminals. Um, they have that Judy James. She's one of these people who circulates. She's a bit shark-like. She circles the daytime television programmes looking for an outlet. And she'll come on and tell you, oh, because somebody... They, they, they use them at airports. You know, somebody's standing there in a queue. You look at body language. If they start sweating... You know, that's, 
you know, that's the way it, it, it goes. And they think, oh, maybe they're actually carrying drugs. Mind you, in some cases, they are carrying drugs. <laughs> 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. So I didn't see the line game, but I understand exactly, exactly how it works. Exactly how it works. I know exactly how it works. Uh, because I've seen them on the television programme where they do the airport stuff and everything like that, which is, which is great. Uh, so glad, says Dave, I've made it for your show. Thank you. And everybody else's. Everything we read out on the programme. We don't miss any. We read, as I say, the producer, he's a stickler for these kind of things. I, he's, it's like a whip. <laughs> read them out. <laughs> so we have to read them all out. So that's why. And that's why this is the most popular programme in London at this time of the morning. This is the biggest audience of anything. We wipe the board with anything that is laughingly called competition. But I don't call sort of ex-television presenters competition, I'm afraid. I don't call anything like that. There's more barking mad people out there than you could ever shake a stick at. Uh, let's quickly go on to uh, another one here. Another one here. Somebody says, you're no looker, Steve. That is true. I'm not. And I laugh all the way to the bank. I absolutely laugh all the way to the bank. I don't know why you'd be anonymous. Are you you, you frightened or something? Frightened that you have a name? What would that name be, I wonder? Uh, I don't hate Peter Andre. No, no, no. I laugh at Peter Andre. You you miss, miss the whole point of it. You know, we can't explain to the terminally stupid. You're not on Benefit Street, are you? Barney, sort of smoking wacky-backy this morning. I know there's quite a number of you do smoke the wacky-backy out there. We've heard them. My God, they're crackpots. Uh, and Noreen says, did you see Chantelle and her... Do- I did! I'm actually looking at the pictures now. Matching animal print outfits. Photographer in tow, as always. Yes, look, here she is with her daughter. I mean, Chantelle claimed to fame she was apparently a Paris Hilton look-alike. No, she wasn't. And she went into the Big Brother house and had to pretend to be a celebrity. No, she wasn't. And uh, then she's had two failed relationships, so a bit of a dimbo in that department. But, of course, the love of her life is her daughter called Dolly, who she takes out. And she then apparently went to Waitrose. It's an interesting story, this, because I always love these sort of stories. And uh, she tweeted, Can't believe how badly Waitrose treat their customers. Well, to be honest with you, I've I've never heard this in my life. You know, you might hear it from from some stores, not of Waitrose, it's John Lewis Partnership. She says, I was reduced to tears by staff because I was on phone checking on my daughter. Stupid woman. So, in other words, using your phone and she was reduced to tears by the staff. Why? Uh, Her her daughter apparently had tonsillitis. Why, anybody would be remotely interested, I can't imagine. I was told to get out of the shop and refuse to be served. I had to run out of shop crying because of embarrassment. Waitrose have said uh, there is no mobile phone ban implemented in the store, and Chantel's story is a fabrication of the truth. Well, of course it is. Have you ever heard of anybody being told, get off your phone and wait? I've never heard of that in my entire life. You could stand in the House of Commons on your phone in, in the foyer, but there again, I suppose, always desperately looking for some sort of story, and you ran out in tears, did you? Why is it I don't believe you, Chantel? Why is it that I just think that, you know... I just think you're telling a fib because I don't believe that any store in this country and anywhere operates a no phone policy. And they told you to get out and wouldn't serve you. It's probably because you're naff, dear. That's why. I mean, to be honest with you, you're not really a Waitrose customer. You don't fit into their into the sort of the psyche of what a customer is. Everybody fits into a into a particular bag, you know, of of what it is. And she, uh, if somebody said to me, "Where do you think she shops?" I'd have gone Lidl. I would. I mean, it's no disrespect to Lidl, but she's sort of chav. And that's where I would expect she would go. I've been in Lidl as well. It's OK, you know, I've been in and then straight out again. You know, but they, they do some nice foreign biscuits. And I've been to Morrison's. 
OK, in disguise, but I've been to Morrison's. You'd never go, Chantel, oh, she's a Harrods customer, would you? You'd never go, you know, Selfridges at a push. But probably she'd be Primark. That's, that's what I would think. Everybody fits into account. The, the producer I'd look at, I don't know what he'd shop at. I mean, I think he'd actually probably go ethnic. There'd be a lot of, because he's just come back from Malaysia and he eats pui-pui beans or whatever they are. What, what's that? What did you have? Is it pui-pui beans? Lentils. He eats lentils. But, of course, anybody who eats lentils is slightly suspect in my book. Slightly suspect. Joe is sort of, you know, is sort of fitness boy, but he, he will shove anything in his body. You know, he, he goes through a desperate phase where he'll just... It was like a sa- yeah, I'll eat a sandwich. Yeah. What sort of... Sa- doesn't matter, just eat it, you know, cram it in. And then he'll eat chips and stuff like that. But he goes to the gym. So it kind of... It kind of sort of... It's a bit of a dichotomy, isn't it? If you go to the gym, your body's a bit of a temple. And, and I would think that you would watch. When I, used, when I went to the gym at the Barbican for about six months, I started eating um, this yoghurt, frozen yoghurt, because apparently it was really good for you and it didn't have any many calories in. And we had a trainer. That's the only way you can ever work at a gym, is if you've got a trainer telling you what to do. If you just go into a gym and start doing... It's, you get a bit bored with it and you don't do it. Our, our trainer that we had at the Barbican literally pushed us as far as we could, you know, to the point of you wanted to kill him. You know, you'd get in there, and I'd, I'd, I'd put, put my little shorts on and my little singlet, and I'd sort of stand there sweating profusely, because I used to hate it. And he was going, right, off we go, three three circuits. Because at the, the Barbican Health and Fitness, they've got a complete running track, which goes all the way around. It's huge, with a swimming pool right in the middle. And so you go, right, warm up, because you cannot use equipment unless you've warmed your body up, because you can do yourself immeasurable damage. Because I went to one place, I went to Holmes Place in Chelsea... And they've got all their equipment is computerised. So you put your details in and it talks to you. Well, I didn't go for a while. And the machine told me off for not being there. And you had all these things which sort of, you know, stretch your legs and your arms and all the rest of it. But you've got to do it. And the rowing machines, after you've been warmed up, you cannot do it cold. That's why you get lots of miserable looking joggers out there because they're sort of... I mean, I would love to at the end of the programme put a pair of trackies on and go out there and have a run. But to be honest with you, I'm far too tired to do things like that. So we, we don't do it, I'm afraid. We don't do it. We think about it. We think about it. Uh, 84850, steve at Um Another one here. Uh, why do all... Uh, oh, sorry, Ron says that the teacher tried to tell us about the birds and the bees. I couldn't see the point. I was never going to lay eggs or make honey. Yes, I mean, I don't know. Do they have sex education in schools now? Is that, is that quite normal? Well, I don't think we had sex education. I don't think we did. It was all to do with plants and stuff like that. It was never, never actual, you know, the proper thing. So, in fact, you came out of school. You learnt it all from your friends. I think Ollie's still learning it, which is slightly worrying. Uh, whether I shall come round to a little bit later on this morning. I don't think it's going to be as bad as yesterday. Yesterday was a, another one of those days. I walked into Waitrose, because I'm a Waitrose customer, and the Marks and Spencer's customer. I walked into Waitrose to go and try and find some onion gravy, and it was lovely. Walked back out again. It was a monsoon going on. It was absolutely terrible. And then, lo and behold, it sort of brightened up a little bit in the afternoon. I'll tell you the onion gravy saga in a moment. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. This is what London listens to, and the rest of the country, too. It's 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. I watched the uh, Housewives of Orange County again yesterday. I must be, must be a martyr to the cause. I must be a martyr to the cause. I love it. It's so bad, and they're so vile. 
that it's that you have to watch it. Uh, Steve, do the Asda delivery vans have dashboard cams as well as rear-view cams to spot people nicking the milk? Uh, well, Kevin, the, the milkman, will tell you that people do nick milk. People do nick milk, you know, and unfortunately, you know, on... Um, if, if you're a milkman and you've got a milk float, when you're going to deliver, somebody just walks well, picks up a bottle and walks off with it. That's what they do nowadays. I mean, people steal anything. Although th- there was that one police force that we, we discovered uh, who said... Uh, that they weren't prosecuting people because they were so desperate. Well, having having not seen Benefit Street, the controversial Channel 4 documentary, there'd, there'd be no prosecutions over this at all. I could guarantee now, because as with all television programmes, as I explained yesterday, you all sign a waiver. It's, you know, if you're in the Big Brother house, they can portray you any way they like. It's careful editing. And in the case of this one, police said they were considering whether an investigate. Well, I mean, stop wasting your time. Really, boys and girls, you don't need to waste your time on this one. Uh, some people say they were tricked by filmmakers. Well, you know, perhaps you're not bright enough to realise that they're making a film. Um, throughout the programme and the hours that follows, says Danny Long from Birmingham Police in a statement. Uh, like many people across the country, we saw the footage broadcast for the first time last night. Well, you're taking time off for it now going off watching television programmes. He says, um, we've been inundated with comments from members of the public, many of whom are concerned about elements of the show which showed criminal activity. So, in other words, there were people committing criminal acts. We're currently assessing whether the content of the programme can assist us as part of any ongoing investigations or, indeed, whether any new inquiry should be launched in light of the material that's been broadcast. The work is ongoing... Viewers will have seen for themselves that my officers have already been actively involved with some of the individuals. In other words, there's a load of old thieves on the programme, which comes as no surprise to us at all. Uh, Somebody wrote on Twitter, why don't Channel 4 concentrate programming on real issues uh, rather than propaganda? This is a real issue. It's people who don't get off their fat bums and get out there and get a job. They just sit there on benefits. Doesn't solve anything. If that's a real issue. Of course, the person who writes that on Twitter is a complete idiot and probably on benefits themselves. Uh, One says... Have any documentaries been produced explaining how two and a half million unemployed can share out the 0.5 million vacancies currently out there? Well, you have to be the best person for the job. I can't understand how stupid some people are. We've got loads of Polish people here, loads of Polish people. They're currently working in, well, across the board. They're working in the coffee shops. They're working in the supermarkets. They're working in, they were all over the place. So there's jobs out there and there's this street, and it's certainly not alone, with a load of people, not all of them, but a load of people on benefits. Take them off benefits, take them off benefits, get them out working. There's always something you can do. Always something. They're just going, oh, I can't do it. I'll I'll have another fag. (sighs) Yeah, I can't be bothered. And they're, they're the sort of people, they'd have no respect for the police, they have no respect for anybody, they thieve, you know, and they just sit back and become fat, lazy and bloated and expect everybody to do something for them. They can't actually do it for themselves. You know, for all you hard-working people out there this morning, you know, who get up and go out to work, you don't seriously think that all this lot want to get up every day of the week, you know, at stupid o'clock and then come into work and sit there. Given the choice, what would you rather do? If somebody's going to pay you the same amount of money, you want to sit at home. No, they want to do something. They want to contribute. And so that's what they do. These people who sit there, you know what they are. You've seen them on the Jeremy Kyle show. I mean, that itself is just sort of a celebration of low-life England, I'm afraid. Uh, Gene says, what a cheek, that bloke, to tell you you're not good-looking. Tell him to send a photo of himself, nasty little man. I suspect it's a woman, actually. I suspect it's a woman. Judging by these uh, two people on the front of the, uh, of the paper today, the Twitter louts, there's all sorts of people who, who, who do abuse. And uh, you find them. Once you've found them, you go to the police. 
please take them to court. And uh, if it's anything that is grossly offensive, they send them to prison. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Uh, we've heard about a gang of benefit claimants invited to local pub, only to be told their benefits were being cut. Yes. I mean, well, don't the police do that to catch people? Don't they say you've won something and then the, 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 these people turn up and it turns out they're just trying to catch criminals? Works every time. So uh, Channel 4, if any tweets they've said about this, this programme cross the line into specific threats, they will prosecute. They will take action. Because if somebody sends death threats to the programme's participants or sends them to the programme makers and the producers, you, ha- you have them in court very quickly. You make sure that they lose their job, so that gives somebody else uh, a chance to have a job. You know, you don't... Uh, the broadcasters said they've had 100 complaints. It's watched by 4.3 million people. That, in terms of a programme, is a hit for Channel 4. That's all they care about. There'll be nothing there. They, they filmed for a year. Uh, the contributors were briefed extensively and given support... The main contributors were offered the opportunity to view the programmes they feature in. We took on board the comments and in some cases made changes. They were filming in a purely observational capacity. At no stage was criminal behaviour encouraged or condoned. All contributors were briefed that if they carried out criminal activity on camera, it could result in criminal investigations after broadcast. But the trouble is you're dealing with people who don't understand that kind of stuff. They're, They're a bit too stupid. They seem to think that it's the way forward. They, they, they seem to think this now makes them a celebrity. To actually be... You know, it's like people who go to prison. Somebody was telling Ollie Mann earlier on that people go, go to prison so they can get a council house afterwards. So they deliberately commit acts. And, of course, you know, they are too stupid to realise that the rest of the country are laughing at them. But among the people they hang around with, they think they're really clever. Yeah, been to prison, done this, done that. And you think, you are pathetically stupid, aren't you? You are definitely... Uh, 84850, Danielle says, I never thought I'd be waking up at four to listen to a radio show. Well, there you go. Nice to change people's habits, isn't it, really? I mean, it just goes to prove that, you know, you can get an audience at four o'clock. In a- Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I keep pointing out to people who go, oh, it's very early in the morning, there's nobody out there. You go, are you stupid? This is London. It's a 24-hour city. There's as many people out there now working, putting all the stuff into the shops for all you lot to go out shopping later on. It's a 20, always been 24-hour city. You know, years ago, you go down Fleet Street, you couldn't... I mean, at night time, it was busier than daytime. Fantastic. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Somebody says, saw you in the Barmy Arms on Monday. I don't think you do. I've not been in the Barmy Arms for ages, so you definitely didn't see me in the Barmy Arms on Monday. Perhaps you're looking at somebody else, Poppet. He says, um, uh, this is somebody called Mickey. I was definitely not in the Barmy Arms on Monday. I've not been in the Barmy Arms for about the last... Uh, the last time I nipped in there was Christmas to see some uh, people, some listeners who were having uh, lunch in there, but uh, definitely not on Monday, I'm afraid. So God knows what you were looking at. Uh, did you see the... Uh, Ian says how stupid Linda Nolan looked when she tried to stir the house against Jim Davidson. Um, I thought they... Didn't they arrive in together? Weren't they chained up together, Linda Nolan... Uh, the years have not been kind to Linda Nolan, I fear, I'm afraid, which is very sad. And uh, Paul and uh, says, I went to Waitrose for years every night for food. Well, you shouldn't do, you tight-fisted so-and-so. What's the matter with you? Go out and buy food. I hate people like you. You go around, you got any free food? Oh, free food. Anyway, he said he was then turned away because I was eating too much. Well, I absolutely agree with you, you, you low-life you should get out there and start cooking your own food. Fancy going to Waitrose for free food. You knew I'd say that because you're that stupid that you'd have to write something like that. I go there every night for free food. 
oh, dear, I'm saying the pond life. It's still there at this time of the morning, isn't it? Oh, did you go round Kentucky Fried Chicken going? You got any free free chicken or something like that? Uh, other, oh, Rachel. Rachel Riley. You know, her marriage collapsed. And um, they've now put the love nest up for sale. £395,000. And uh, there, there is um, rumour that she's become a little bit close to the person she was dancing with. Big surprise there. Big surprise there. And Nigella Lawson's former aides uh, said they didn't feel guilty over the TV chef's cocaine-snorting admissions. Francesco Grillo, cleared of this credit card fraud, said Nigella was very brave. I think she was very brave. Uh, big Brother star. She's not a Big Brother star. She's another pathetic waste of space. Sam for ears and her sister Billy are planning to make a Kardashian-style reality TV show. Pregnant Billy says she and Sam will appear on The Only Wears Essex, but the spin-off show will feature just their family. Oh, God. She said, Towie is great, but you don't get a... You only get a glimpse of our crazy, mad family. And there's always so much going on. Doesn't appear to be anything going on, darling. You just appear to be going out for a photo shoot. I predict your family life is as dull as you are. You know, unless you're going to show us you getting pregnant, but I think that's highly unlikely. You know, very boring family. Very boring. We'll come back to Jane uh, Moore a little bit later on this morning, because we like Jane Moore's column. And we uh, we weave all your texts and emails in on the programme. Everything is read out. We don't leave anything out at all. And um, a formula for bums. Oh, it's Kellybrook again. Oh, I'm so bored. Every time I see Kellybrook out there, I think, you know, if you spent less time going out and more time working, it might be a lot easier. Although her agent, Jonathan, will probably tell me she works all the time. But I'm just bored with Kellybrook. You can't wait for it to grow old and crumbly. Uh, I watch this uh, this programme, says Pat. This is Benefit Street. Uh, they don't work, possibly, because they were totally unemployable. But they all had mobiles. One house had a massive flat screen TV on the wall. Also, they all had money for fags. Ghastly lot. Yes, I mean, I totally agree. But that's all those people. And they moan about it. Because what they are is they're jealous. They're jealous of everything that you've got. You're, they, they are the sort of people who, who sort of, you know, watch television and go, I want to be like that, I want to be famous, I want to be this and that. Because you see them, as I say, on the Jeremy Carl show, he seems to applaud these low-life scum. And they put them on there, and I, th- I think to myself, I'm sorry. If I was running the country, I'd have people off benefits so blooming fast. I'd be out there, I'd have the police patrolling the blue badge people. Every time somebody pulls up and sticks a blue badge, I give someone wanting to see, I want to see the photo on it. Is that your photo? No. Right, we're taking away the blue badge. Start paying like the rest of us. Uh, did you remember Keith Vaz? Do you remember he, was, he turned up at the airport? Hello, welcome to Britain. Keith Vaz, who's very shy when it comes to publicity. And, and I do love the story, because uh, the man that he welcomed, who is uh, Spirescu at Luton Airport. Hello, welcome in. He's a brute who beat up his lover, I'm afraid. He's a crook. Fantastic, isn't it? Well done, Keith Vaz. Another cock-up. Poor soul. And... Um, he was, he was given a VIP welcome by Keith Vaz when he arrived at, at Luton Airport. That's the sort of people we're going to be welcoming to the country. People who have quite openly said they're going to thieve and uh, people who have quite openly said that they have no intention of doing anything at all. They're just going to go on the rob. Oh, actually, this is very interesting. I've just seen a picture of the two Twitter trolls. My God, they're fat and ugly. They re- Unbelievable. What is it? Isabella Sawley, 23. Grief, you are one hell of a minger. And John Nemo, he looks like he's the sort of person who sits there writing this sort of vile stuff. Why is it the ugly ones? Why is it the ugly ones? Oh, horrible. Uh, here it is, the Benefit. Uh, Benefit Street. 99 properties. 13 nationalities in the street. 90% of them on handouts. 90% of them. And the reason, you know, is... 
that they just can't be... I wouldn't mind if they were elderly or infirm, but they're not. They're absolutely not. There's somebody called Smoggy, and then there's some hard-faced old woman who's, uh, who's young, but she looks like she's got a lot of chips on her shoulder. Uh, then you've got Mother Hen, White D, whatever that is. James Turner Street, disgruntled re- residents, Mark Thomas and Becky Howe. But it's James Clark and, uh, and Smoggy and D. Roberts and people like that. You know, they've got that, those sort of minging faces where you think, you know, nothing would be perfect, would it? But, you know, unless you won the lottery... And in which case, then you sort of you just hope that they lose it all completely. It's awful. I don't. I don't know why we show these programmes, but it does reflect society today that people don't want to work. Uh, Ant and Deck are uh, getting ready to. Uh, oh, it's another advert for Morrison's. It's, I mean, I wouldn't mind, but they must be making a load of money, Ant and Deck. Why do they do adverts? Because they want to line their pockets even further. I'd be happier if they actually said no. We're, we're not going to be doing any adverts for anybody at all. Jack Whitehall, who I'm a bit bored with, I'm afraid. He's a little bit posh-totty, trying to be funny. Some of it okay, some of it not okay. And uh, brace yourself, take that, fans. Robbie Williams' packed diary could throw a spanner in the works for a band reunion. Oh, not another band reunion, take that. Dear God in heaven. Haven't we had enough of, uh, of Gary Barlow? I'm really bored with Gary Barlow. But they're now saying March the 1st to sign up for the Take That album. Oh, God in heaven. Give it a rest and lie down. The last time they appeared on stage, you could hear the creaking of their bones from about the 15th row back. We saw them at the Royal Variety Performance two years ago. They went down, they did. All I have to do is pray. It was the saddest thing the audience had ever seen. We were sitting there going, oh, God, they're so past it. Nothing worse than old men trying to jump around the stage and be, woo, look, we're all young, we're all hip and all the rest of it. You know, give it a rest. So much easier. Sasha Baron Cohen, does he work? What does he do, Sasha Baron Cohen? Does he actually do anything? Does he have a show on the television? No. Does he have a film out? No. Is he, is he married to... Um, who's he married to? Oh, he's married to Isla Fisher. What does she do? Nothing. She's an a- oh, actress, is she? Oh, right. What's she done? Oh, she's in Home and Away? OK, great. Oh, she was in Home and Away. And she has loads of movies. So she's a big, big, successful Hollywood star, is she? Is she a big, big star? Oh, she was in The Great Gatsby. Wow. What, what was she in that? She was in... You don't know. Just, yeah, don't, don't know. Do you like her, Joe? Do you think she's nice? Yeah? You like it? OK. Sort it out for you. Um, I think, actually, she's happy with Sasha Baron Cohen. I, I'm not a fan of Sasha Baron Cohen. I don't know why. He did that Borat thing. I just found it excruciatingly embarrassing, I'm afraid. But there again, I found... Who's that bloke who shouts into his telephone? Hello! Was that Dom Jolly? He's about as funny as a, some horrible disease, isn't he, really? Well, that's nice. What's this a picture of? Oh, it's um, toys for the World Cup. I couldn't be less impressed, I'm afraid. Couldn't be less impressed by the World Cup. But uh, here they are in uh, Tiang Chang. Do you know, I so want to go to China and go around these little factories that must be turning out all this stuff. I just want to see how they work. I'm curious. All the stuff that arrives over here, I want to see how that works. 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. I love it when you read a story in the paper, ladies and gentlemen, and it says, uh, Laura Brett, ex-Eastender, has not ruled out a permanent return to the square. I don't even know who she is. I don't know who she is. Is she the one that was going out with Ian Beale? Because I... Oh, she is. Oh, right. I didn't even know she'd left. Oh, she played Jane. Oh, I liked her. I liked her. 
But anyway, she uh, she left the soap in January 2012 to star in Waterloo Road. Oh, no, you should have definitely stayed in EastEnders, definitely. Uh, Vic Reeves says the B bosses were a bunch of fools for acting the comedy panel show Shooting Stars. But now they're having the last laugh. I watched Birds of a Feather the other day, and I wasn't sure if I was watching an old Birds of a Feather or the new Birds of a Feather. I found it uh, a little bit disconcerting. I'll tell you who's been out of the uh, of the limelight, Joey Essex. But he's uh, returned. He's left Australia behind for a ten-day trek through the Ugandan rainforest, filming a one... I said he was doing this, uh, this thing about monkeys. Um, and to be honest with you, I think that's about the last you'll hear of him. I think you'll suddenly realise that there's, there's nothing going on between the ears at all. I don't think that will happen. Simon Cowell's arch-rival Simon Fuller has vowed he will never take on the X Factor in Britain by relaunching his original show, Pop Idol. I like him. He, he, he gave an interview to somebody the other day. I was furious that it wasn't me, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Deanna says, good morning, Steve, the voice of reason. I know. Always, do you know, I, I, I wish sometimes we, used to, we, we, we would get complaints, but pfft, nothing. Everybody agrees. I was, I've got somebody the other day who worked for IPC magazines who says, uh, I've listened to you for years. I don't think I've disagreed with anything, anything at all, which is fantastic. The Chantel Tale of Woe, says Deanna, must go down as the most ridiculous farce I've ever had the misfortune to hear. I'm a fan of Waitrose, both the Banstead and Epsom branches, and believe me, their staff are nearly always absolutely charming. The mobile phone saga just doesn't, oh dear, ring true. This is Chantelle saying that they told her to stop using her mobile phone and uh, she ran out of the store in tears. They weren't going to serve her. I've never heard anything so, so... I mean, she is permanently stupid, though, isn't she? Let's face it. She said, in the unlikely event that a new assistant doesn't make the grade, he would rapidly disappear and probably end up in the Tesco Express down the road. Chantelle has never been a celebrity she must be desperate for any sort of publicity, but will probably end up, you know... I, I suspect she'll probably end up going bankrupt or something like that. She's a complete and utter waste of space. Really just ridiculous. You know, the, the silly picture of her in the... I mean, she's just a fake. She was a fraud to start with. She hasn't changed, I'm afraid, now. I've never heard of a phone ban in anywhere. And as Waitrose have politely pointed out, she's wrong, I'm afraid. She's absolutely wrong. Somebody says the only good thing about being on a call-out at this time of the morning... Is that I can now listen to the legend that is the Steve Allen Show. It is true. 84850, uh, Does Kylie realise the voice is the poor man's X Factor? Um, I don't think she's... I mean, you know, much as though we like Kylie Minogue, I'm so bored with opening up the papers, reading about her again. So she's going onto a programme for a fee and she's sitting there judging people. <laughs> That's the end of it. Who cares? You know, she, she doesn't really contribute much to anything in this country. I really don't, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here. I'm listening, says Neil, to the Steve Allen show. Oh, I forgot to use my phone, actually. I can't remember if I Twittered yesterday. I can't remember if I Twittered. Did I Twitter or tweet? Oh, sorry, I didn't. I don't Twitter. I, I tweet. So I have to remember, actually. Looking forward to my tea. We've got afternoon tea at a, at a posh London hotel on Friday, which I'm very much looking forward. Welcome back to Twitter. What Dickens is going on there? Uh, wait a minute. Cancel. Um, oh, dear. Honestly, I do hate it. When, when the phone doesn't do something that you really want it to do. And I now don't know what it's doing. Sometimes, you know, things happen on your telephone and you start going, what the Dickens is that? Why has that occurred? And I can never f- find out what it is. Oh, is that Steve? Oh, right. Oh, you've got that up on the screen. Is that my... How do you get that? Oh, right, OK. 
Look, me and ants, me and my bank manager, me with rugby people, me with, I don't know, the Dickens that is. Was that the last tweet I did, Twelfth Night? Can't be the last tweet, is it? Look, that's me on the roundabout. Look like Arthur Dett, shut it. Look like Arthur Daly, don't I, on that roundabout. And then somebody wrote, oh dear, I don't know why. I liked it, actually, because somebody said, turn around, we'll take a picture. So I turned around and I took a picture. What's the matter with you? I like I like the other ones though. I like that one. That, that's quite a nice one. That's that. Oh, it's quite big there, isn't it? He takes a good picture, doesn't he, Ant? I th- sort of. You like people with a tea cosy on their head? Looks all right, I suppose. Yeah, that's great. Again, I'm looking like a bit like Arthur Daly. <laughs> Doesn't really help. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, it's my bank manager. Look at that. Honestly, she takes a good picture, actually. Yes, yeah, she. <laughs> Yes, yes. Anyway, so, um, yes, anyway, we'll go back to other things, shall we? I think a lot easier. 84850, uk. That's right, we were talking about the taking down of the decorations, I think, and uh, deciding on which day it is. Uh, Malcolm says, I start work at seven, but set the alarm for four. I go to work very happy. Well, there you go. I think if you go to work happy, around here they go to work happy. Joe maybe not as happy as he could be this morning, but, you know, he's all right. Have you had your sandwich? You've had it and you're still, still not happy. What can we do to make you happy? What can we do to put a little bit of sunshine in your life? Give you a cheque for £1,000, would that help? Money, would that help, you know? I don't know. He's thinking perhaps I should have gone to the gym or something like that. Perhaps you could go for a swim. Is there a pool open at this time of the morning? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? No, no pools anywhere? I'll build one. I think we should build one in the basement here. I think, that, I think we should have our own club in this building. We should have, you know, like a, like a, like a gym with, um, with a, a swimming pool. In the, but that'd be quite nice. I quite fancy that idea. Um, I did see this, uh, this girl who was on the television the other day. About the youngest bomber. Well, they think the youngest bomber. It's a bit difficult to tell, really. Uh, she could be 9, 10 or 11 because birth certificates are not easy to come by. And it turned out it was her brother who asked her to cross the river and set this bomb off in a police station. And the reason she didn't is because she got to the river and it looked cold, and so she didn't cross the river. That's what they were expecting her to do. So she went back home, he beat her up, she decided that she was on a hiding to nothing, and so and so she then went to the police, and that was it. Uh, the Nolans once toured the country. Linda Nolan, uh, the reason she's gone on Celebrity Big Brother is, as reported exclusively on this programme, she's on benefits. She takes benefits. I've got no idea why. She's been working for ages and ages. Um, And then she says, this show will put me on the road to recovery. I don't think it's doing you any favours, not from what I hear. I haven't seen it, so I can't can't comment too much. But a lot of people have written to me uh, saying that uh, she's turning out to be quite nasty on the programme because the the programme is warts and all. And so some people go in there and they're just bland, like Sam Fahir's. And then you've got somebody like Linda Nolan, who has been on benefits. Isn't it funny? I would have thought, you would have thought, wouldn't you, that all the, that all the Nolans would rally round and they would help her out. Quite clearly not. Quite clearly not. Quite clearly, uh, they are the warring family, which is what... Who was the one who died? There was one of the Nolans who died. Who, which one? Bernie. Bernie died... And I'd said before, because it was so embarrassing to see them all in the papers going, oh, you know, she's dying and all the rest of it. They were all fighting. And it was her wish, her wish, well documented, well documented, that they stopped fighting. But quite clearly, they haven't. They all hate each other. 
They all hate each other. It's embarrassing. So Linda is on benefits. She lost her husband, Brian, to cancer in 2007. She said, this time, last week I was on benefits. Well, she'll have to come off benefits now because presumably she's earning more than 25 grand. Her sister, Anne, signed on six years ago. So where's all this money gone? And the truth of the matter is, they don't make any money. They don't make anything. That You know, they make a little bit of money. You think all these people are loaded. They're not. Take my word for it. They're absolutely not. I wasn't shocked, says Anne, to learn of Linda's financial circumstances. In our business, it's often feast or famine. And that's why you get somebody like Bruce Forsyth, who has always worked. He's always, you know, ticked along. He's always he's lived in the same house for donkey's years. He's never been... Or I had the Rolls Royce, but, you know, I think he's just sold it recently. It wasn't worth very much. Um, and so people had things like that, and, and they lived to their means, because they had wives who looked after them and things like that. So when times were quiet, and I'm quite sure that there are many people who've had quiet times, they go out touring. And so you go out, somebody like Des O'Connor will go out, he might make uh, 6,000 quid for a night's work, but then he might not work for, a, for another week or so. So you've got to make that, and you've got to try and tailor, cut your coat, as they say, you know, to try and learn how to manage the money. So Bruce Forsyth, the moment he hit... Strictly Come Dancing, which he came to very, very late, remember, he hit pay dirt. He's probably earning more money now than he's ever earned in his entire life. You know, and when you see Lionel Blair on Celebrity Big Brother, he does name drop, but he can't help it. That's what he d- He's in the business. You know, he has done all the things. He's not making it up. I know it makes him sound a little bit big-headed, but he's still working at 70-plus. He's still there. And yet Linda Nolan on benefits. I shouldn't imagine Lionel Blair's ever been on benefits. He comes from a generation where go on benefits. I don't think so. I don't think so. So it's interesting, but uh, she's not doing herself any favours in the house. She needs to be very careful the way she is portrayed. More on the torture hell of the slaves. The slave sadists, really vile. The evil dad, David Rook, what an ugly. And his wife, Donna. <sighs> Pair of horribles. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Not at all surprised everybody wakes up at this time of the morning. Where else are you going to get this kind of vim and vigour? Looking at this uh, horrible story in the paper today about the, uh, the family, the vile family from hell, Donna Rook, ghastly old bag, and her filthy, uh, filthy husband in prison, both of them, and, uh, and their son as well, another ugly. And uh, this poor man who suffered at their hands, Craig Kinsella, 34, he had learning difficulties. He was kept in a dingy garage. They kicked him, they punched him. When you get into prison, uh, Donna... And, uh, and David, people punch you as well. Horrible, horrible people. I mean, really, absolutely ghastly. And their son, Jamie Rook, another low-life piece of scum. Four years for a fray and assault. He would guard the gate to stop Craig escaping during horrific attacks by his dad. What sort of people behave like that? What sort of people behave like that? Answer, the Rook family. Ugh, disgusting. They lived in Sheffield. They had loads of money in the house. wonder what they did for a living. That'll be interesting. Uh, and after the... Uh, the deluge, after all the rain, uh, which is everywhere. I mean, some people, I was looking at some pictures on the television, horrendous, horrendous. And the, the snow as well coming down in the States, absolutely awful. And then you look at the aftermath, and the aftermath is rats. Because wherever you get sewage 
and things like that, you get rats. Oh, right. I'm just having a little look at uh, at our Charlie and these... Uh, nice picture. That's a good picture. I like that. I like that. So you've now got rodents invade... Oh, oh. Uh, invading the... Uh, who's that? <laughs> that? Who's that? Oh, right. It's all right, we're just being a bit naughty this morning. Oh, bless. I'm so looking forward to seeing Charlie later on today. Because she's now come back a married woman. When she left here... Before Christmas, she goes off a single person, comes back a married woman. Didn't tell me anything. Didn't tell me anything about it. She just said, oh, we're going to... She's been to Rwanda and places like that. Bless her heart. Love her to pieces. Um, so, now you've got these sewage rats. They all say in London, don't they? You're, you're never more than six foot away from a rat. <laughs> in our case, it's about... How far are you away, Sam? Twelve feet, something like that. <laughs> it is true, though, isn't it? That in London... I mean, I've seen rats... In fact, we saw them in the Kentucky Fried Chicken, we saw them in TGI Fridays, and they were closed down by health and safety, and they had to sort of then sort of clean them all up again because they were so filthy. It's, the, it's, it's a shame, really, that because there's so much food around this area, I mean, you, it's quite possible to see rats in, in daytime. Not so good, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at Steve, if they build a pool in the basement, it'd be next to Leicester Square Station. Well, we're not actually next to Le- Leicester Square Station. I think a pool in the I think a, a pool in the basement would be a brilliant idea. <laughs> It'll never happen, but I I quite fancy the idea. I think that'd be a, a pretty good one. Um, uh, Gary says uh, there are plenty of us around the world listening. Yeah, but you're in Pattaya, so you're, you're probably working in a girly bar, aren't you? I should imagine. <laughs> I would think so. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC. Dot co dot uk. Uh, somebody here who says, uh, I enjoyed your very good explanation of truth as an absolute defence in libel. Well, we've changed our libel laws now. You know, and the, the person who uh, it's, uh, has been uh, libelled, or they think they have, they have to prove... This is, this, is, this is the hilarious side of it, and that's why it's absolutely fantastic for freedom of speech. They have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that their life has been affected by, by the comments. If they cannot prove that, thrown out. So that's, you know, that's the way it is now. So they've now changed it after all these years. So for all those people who go, ooh, you can't say that about somebody, they're fat or they're this or they're that. You can. You absolutely can, because it's that freedom of information. It's a case of you can tell it like it is. You can't tell lies about somebody. I can't say, you know, for example, that the, the, the producer is a, is a compulsive thief and steals. That, that would be an untruth. In the same way that if I said he was a bit of a looker, that would be an untruth. But, you know, as, as long as you don't do that, that, none of the... It makes me laugh when somebody writes in occasionally and goes, I'm going to complain about you because you said you this. You think, well, you're just going to make yourself look stupid. You know, I mean, the, the UK system is different to America, uh, somebody says, you're very smart and you look fine. Why did somebody say you're not a looker? I don't, because they think it's, it's going to hurt you or something. They're a bit sad and stupid. You know, it's, you know it, it doesn't really matter what, what people say about you now because it's water off a duck. Who cares, honestly? You'd have to be a bit thick, wouldn't you, and a bit dim. You know, but it's, it's, it's what it is now. So now that they've actually changed the law and it came in on the 1st of January, they've got to prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that their life has been affected by the, those comments. If they haven't heard them, their life is not going to be affected. So I think at four o'clock in the morning, you're pretty safe. 
You know, unless you're going to say something so ludicrous, let's say like the producer's a, a criminal and goes out from here and steals cars, you know, that would be a blatant lie. And I wouldn't, you know, obviously wouldn't say that because that would just be dumb. You know, and if, and if I said, you know, he's a fantastic producer, you could probably have me on that one, I think. Yeah, you could probably get me on that one. But it, it is true, isn't it, that you hear things sometimes. I always get people, uh, whenever we do the, the shows on the, the theatres, and I always say, do you know, I'm such a happy little soul in the morning. I couldn't be more happy if I tried. Life could not be more blissfully brilliant. You know, I work with some nice people sometimes. And, you know, I keep him well fed. You know, as long as he's well fed, he's OK. He hasn't got the strength to move. What are you eating now? What's that? Little sat- little sat- Is that from yesterday's Satsumas? That's actually the Waitrose Satsumas. They're actually better than the Marks and Spencers ones, which have become so miniaturised, it's hardly worth bothering peeling it. By the time you've taken the skin off the thing, there's nothing left. So I don't know why I bought those. I bought those in, actually, just to be, just to be completely different. Please do not get hooked into the real housewives. My friend, who's a beautiful young dentist, watches all these hideous shows and she's hooked. Uh, we love her, despite that. They are addictive because they're so awful, these people. They are so, so dreadful. I mean, I can't... I sit there in disbelief. Nobody likes each other. Nobody likes each other. I mean, it would be like doing a documentary on on a radio station, for example. You wouldn't find that everybody loves everybody. That would be silly. Not everybody likes everybody. You know, there, w- there would be presenter rivalry, I should imagine. You know, somebody saying, oh, I'm better than you or I'm better than you. All I, all I say to people when they say to me, oh, you know, you're really lucky, aren't you? I go, absolutely. We've got a fantastic audience. You know, growing all the time. The biggest in London. It does, I mean, it doesn't get any better. And the reason is because what you're hearing is the truth. I'm not going to sit here and give you a load of old flannel. It's not worth it. You know, I'm not going to insult your intelligence, even though some of you are a bit dim. It's not your fault, you know. That's the way you've probably been brought up. Perhaps your parents were dim before you. Uh, Blue in West Texas was the one who gave us the uh, the absolute defence in libel. It's, I mean, I'm so glad it changed. The moment it changed, I got the producer to drag the stuff out on it so I could just reaffirm to myself exactly what it means. And they've got to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that what you've said about them is so hurtful that it's affected their life. You know, a bit like Chantelle claiming that she sort of she ran out of Waitrose in tears because they sold her, told her not to use her phone. Don't believe a word of it. Uh, Stephen says, I've never disagreed with you on anything. He says, I just love working nights, as I always have, 4am and your show to look forward to to get me home in a good mood. He says, enjoying you trying to use your telephone. Is it an iPhone? Yes. <laughs> I'm just, I've, I've, I've gone on to it. I, luckily, I've got friends who are experts, Stephen. Thank you very much indeed. And um, I've got this thing here. What the dickens is that? Swipe between timelines. What's that? Do you know what that is? I don't know. I can't get rid of it. It won't, won't let me disappear. I'm trying to... I can't get rid of this stupid thing. It just won't go. How do I get rid of it? It's come up on my Twitter the, I'll let the producer have a look at it. Swipe between timelines. Now with multiple timelines, there's always something new to see. I don't want to see anything else. So I'm going to go back, back to my Twitter. Which is like, but I can't do anything. It appears to have been frozen. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, here we go. No. No, I don't want to do that. Go away, you stupid machine. It says, your network. That's great. Let's get started. I don't want to get started. Go away. Go away. Rachel Riley. Why is she texting? I don't want to be texted by Rachel Riley. I don't like this kind of thing. It worries me. Anyway, I'll try and sort that one out in a moment. Nick says, uh, it was on too late for you, but there was this show on ITV about liars. They had uh, footage of that nasty uh, Stuart Hazel. Who's Stuart Hazel? Stuart. The one who murdered... Oh, right. 
and a bunch of other notorious liars that were caught out. Very interesting. Worth catching up on catch-up, if you're that way inclined. I like those sort of programmes. I'm, I, I like something that, that tests me a little bit. I like finding out. Uh, 84850, Steve from Whitney. No, don't be so stupid. Don't be so stupid. Of course it wouldn't at all. He said, amazes me. You chat about failed celebrities. Are they worth really wasting your breath on? Of course they are. I get paid for it. I get paid for it. Hello? Where are you? Whitney. Oh, God, that's, that's a bit of a dog's dinner place, isn't it, really? I think. Uh, Karen says there was a, a programme on Channel 5 about the autopsy carried out on Michael Jackson. He was explaining what the findings were and how he lived re-drugs when he was alive. I, shall, I recorded it and we'll watch it later. See, I don't want to know about things like that. Might make me a little bit, bit shallow, but to be honest with you, I'm not interested. Michael Jackson was a huge star. He had his own problems. Elvis Presley had his own problems. He was a huge star. I don't care. After they're dead, they then sort of start dragging things up. And I don't care. I really don't care. I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. Only interested in them while they're alive. They're far more entertaining whilst they're alive. When they're actually dead, you know, I think you should leave them in peace, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, Connie says, oh, Steve, creepy, crawly, skin time, rats. Oh, no, we have little mice boxes in the studio. And I've never seen a mouse in here, but out on the streets I've seen quite a few, actually. Nearest rat, Steve, is my boss. But uh, don't tell him that one, thank you. Um, Another one here. Um, How come benefit cheats never steal slippers? I don't know. And Malcolm says, uh, thank you, I was going to get one of those round hair cutters. After you said they didn't work, I didn't get one. No, it didn't work for me at all. I just, I just thought it was... They make it look so easy on the telly when they do this kind of stuff. But uh, for me, uh, not the case, I'm afraid. Not the case at all. So, I mean, if, if you buy one, it's uh, you know, good news for you, I suppose. But for me, it didn't work. Quarter past five. Morning, every 20 minutes past five. Uh, I'll give you a rundown a little bit later on on what Nick Ferrari is doing on his programme after the news at seven o'clock this morning. It's called, uh, it's not called Clegg today, is it? Are they doing it today? Uh, yeah, oh, Yasmin Khan's looking at the, uh, the papers. He'll be looking at, uh, with the budget cuts, how we deal with storms and uh, how good has the storm clean-up been and why are so many young people suicidal and can... Meditation helps stave off depression, depending on how you analyse depression, I suppose. And why are so many young people suicidal? We've had this this discussion on the programme over the years, and I'm the most experienced person you'll ever hear of what it's like to live in London. Uh, firstly, when I came here with no money at all, I had two days' work in, in, a, in a disco. Disco, honestly. You know, picking up, because it was a long time ago, the princely sum of £20 a night. So I lived in London on about... Well, on some weeks it was £20 and we had rent to pay. There were three of us, me and uh, two girls, no, three girls actually, living in a flat in Queen's Park in Harvest Road. First time I'd ever been away from home and no money. I mean, literally no money. I mean, now, obviously, things are completely different. But I can remember opening the fridge and the girls didn't cook. They were all dancers uh, at Arts Educational. We had nothing in London, and I can remember listening to miserable music and staring out the window because we didn't have any money to go out, but we didn't, we didn't worry about not having any money to go out. As long as we had enough money to buy a packet of chips or something like that, that seemed to stave us off, and we seemed to get taxes, so presumably we must have got money from somewhere. But I can remember listening to Barclay James Harvest, and I love Barclay James Harvest. I'm a bit of a prog rock kind of a person. And listening to Mockingbird, staring out the window, thinking, 
I just think life will ever get any better. Do you think if I get a job on a radio station, I could be on Radio 1? I did seriously, I seriously thought about that in London. So I suppose when we say, uh, why are young people suicidal? It's because if you're in London, London can be a really, really sad, depressing... Mind you, Kent's pretty close behind. It can be a... My Berkshire's not too much better. But it can be really, really depressing. Because if you don't have any money, you see people out there getting drunk, thinking, well, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to do that. I don't think in my day we had so many people on benefits. People actually had to try and find a job. And I've, I think I've told you the story before that I got so desperate. One of the girls said, you've got to... Because I couldn't get up in the morning. Because you'd sit there watching a little tiny black and white television with no furniture. It was, it was a furnished flat, but it was, it was a real... It was Dumpsville. I promise you, it was real Dumpsville. And the girls would dry their hair with a fan heater. It was, we didn't have hair dryers or anything like that. We hadn't, there was no food in the fridge, nothing in the kitchen at all. We had some crockery in there, but I don't remember us ever having a meal in the place. And uh, at one point, I was going to bed quite late in the morning, so consequently, couldn't actually just get up because I'd be tired. And they'd go, have you been for any job interviews? And I'd go, no, I'll go tomorrow. And of course, tomorrow never comes. Because once you get into the routine of not getting up to go to work and not getting up to do something, it becomes very difficult to actually get yourself out of that horrible cycle. So that's why when Nick talks about suicide, that's what you can understand. It. Eventually, I did go for a job. I went to British Rail. I went to Paddington Station. And I applied for a job as a booking clerk. Well, to be honest with you, I was crap at school. I was, I was the worst at school. I was very creative. But I had the the attention span of a gnat, I'm afraid. So I'd stare out the window. So Steve did a lot of daydreaming. So I go for this job selling tickets. How difficult can it be? Didn't get the job. In fact, to be honest with you, I started doing this exam thinking, why do you need to do an exam to sell tickets? But in those days, the ticketing system wasn't automated. Now it's automated. You know, you want to go to, you know, Slough, then you then you sort of tap in slough, single, off-peak, whatever it happens to be, and back comes the ticket. In fact, actually, I, I think ticket agencies are, are disappearing completely, even at the station. It's all automated. I just top up my Oyster card and that's it. But yesterday, going back on the Hounslow train, we sat in a first-class carriage. Because if there's a first-class carriage and it's a local thing, you can sit in it. It's only when it's going to Reading, people have paid specifically to sit in first class. So, of course, it was great. So my friend Graham gets on. I, I text him, I go, I'm in the first-class carriage. <laughs> texted back, you're having a laugh. And when he got on the train, he went, oh, you're serious? And it's really quite nice, actually. But, of course, only... <coughs> excuse me, only going to Hounslow, they're not going to be charging your first-class fare. But that's why, I suppose, it, it would be very easy to actually go on, on the merry-go-round of trying to find jobs, but looking for a specific job. And... And you think, why not? You know, just go for anything. It's a job. In the end, I did get a job. And I was working five days a week. And and I was quite lucky, and that, that led on to here. So, and it's, it's been here ever since. But absolutely love it. But now there, there is food in the fridge. Now there is, you know, wine in the boot of the car and champagne and chocolates and stuff like that. Actually, I was giving chocolates away to everybody. I went to my dentist yesterday, gave him chocolates. Michael, the hairdresser, I took him chocolates in. And it's their, their dessert chocolates. Did I give you any dessert chocolates? We had them in the office. That's right, yeah. Very nice. The creme brulee is particularly good, particularly good. And so I, I like doing that because I'm in that position now. So I can understand when people get themselves depressed because you see people on television, you see people with nice cars or this and that and nice clothes and you think, I wish I was like that. But, you know, if you wait, you can't have it all straight away. 
You cannot have it all straight away. You can only get it bit by bit by bit, unless you win the lottery. And as you know, I didn't win the lottery yesterday, so that's why. Not particularly good. David's in Walthamstow. He says, I've just met a tiny grey mouse in the kitchen. We stared at each other and then he ran off. Stuart Little. That'll be Stuart Little. He's, uh, he's alive and well out there. We used to catch them in our, in our building off Fleet Street when we were down there. And we used to put them in a bucket. But, of course, little mice jump. Have you ever seen little mice jump? They used to jump out of the bucket. And they could squeeze themselves under, like, an eighth of an inch on the door. Really, really tiny. Which is great. Uh, so uh, we won't be sending you a mouse box. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Somebody says, can you explain, uh, please, why the libel law affects you? Because you've always been funny and outspoken. Are there other things that you're now able to say? No, it just makes it clearer. It, it, it has clarified the position on before people were clogging up the courts with, you know, somebody called me fat. Or, and they're going, no, go away. It's so stupid. You are fat. You know, somebody said, oh, I've got really bad hair. You have got really bad hair. You know, oh, it made me cry. Oh, grow up and go away. You know, that's why. So they've stopped that side of it. It's really to stop the courts being clogged up and, uh, and the police having their time wasted. You know, the police have got more than enough to cope with, thank you very much indeed, without some buffoon going in there saying, oh, somebody on the radio said this about so-and-so, so-and-so, whatever it is. You know, so now, unless that other person can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that their life has been affected by what was said about them, no case. No case, which is good. Uh, 84850, uh, you're not near Leicester Square Station? Well, we are, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a bit round the corner for us, I'm afraid. Uh, it would be great for commuters waiting for a train seeing Steve Allen swimming past. And that'd be great if there was a swimming pool there. I could be a little bit... <laughs> Actually, I'm not good at swimming underwater, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, uk, And um, we shall read everything out on the programme. Another one here. And uh, and this one here is... is oh, on ben- Everybody talking about this this benefit show which has made the papers today, I mean, Leicester, uh, Leicester Square, uh, Channel 4 must be delighted it's getting publicity. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, 84850, somebody said you opened the guess meter. Do you mean gas? Uh, yeah, I did. And you know why? Because it's illegal to sell on the gas from the gas company. Perhaps you don't, you're not aware of that. So I'll explain that to you now. Uh, that if, if a landlord has got a flat and he's started hiving off the gas and selling it onto you, that's illegal. But, of course, you don't know that, do you? That's why. Uh, somebody says in uh, Berkshire, says, uh, I'm laughing so much now. Well, you're in Berkshire, aren't you? I mean, that, that is the land of a lot of people with hands over mouths. <laughs> I used to live in Berkshire. I know exactly what Berkshire is like. Uh, Toy Story star Arlie Ermey, I don't know who that is, actually, has posted uh, sickening pictures uh, on Twitter, I think, or something like that. Uh, of a lion kill. You know that people go out to some of these uh, places and they're in South Africa and these lions are bred to be shot. And people go out there and they go on a safari and then they kill them. So they've got a lioness and, uh, and a lion here and they just shoot them. And you think to yourself, I wish somebody would take you out and shoot you as well. I don't understand why it is. He's posing by the bodies, you know, with these guns. You go out there. There's a certain gun culture in America. Please, God, it never comes over to here. And people go out to South Africa where they have these big farms and you can go out on safari and you could shoot wild animals. You know, the wild animals aren't doing anything at all. And so they've now taken out a lion and a lioness. And you think to yourself, 
Chino, you are the stupidest person I've ever seen. It's just makes my blood boil, I'm afraid. Uh, who's this here? Hannah Waddingham. Who is she? Who's Hannah Waddingham? I've never even heard of her. She says, um, oh, she's obviously in, wait a minute, she, they say she's a West End and Broadway leading lady. If only I knew. But she's in uh, Benidorm. She says, I've never been groped before in my life, but I was groped three times in Benidorm. I wanted to whack the men who did it. Do you remember that great story? I'll tell you in a moment of a, of a, of a comedienne who's walking down the road and some men whistled at her. I'll tell you about that one in a sec. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's 5.30. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Well, now that Ronnie Biggs is dead, thank goodness we put that saga to bed, there's a... Um, um, a, uh, a tarot reader here who's in the papers and he says that Ronnie Biggs was lured from Brazil by his love for birds, custard and warm English beer. What a load of old twaddle. He was lured here, he came crawling back here because he was ill and he wanted the free medical service. That was the only reason and absolutely diddly squat to do with custard or, uh, or warm beer, I'm afraid. It was to do with the fact that he'd spent 35 years being a total waste of space, and he came back here to prey on the NHS to get free help. Frankly, I'd have left him in Brazil. Um, backlash over the Channel 4 Benefit Street, and I suddenly realised why the people are doing a backlash on it. It's because it showed crooks, drug dealing, and teaching you how to shoplift. You know, that's what they were doing on it. I mean, to be honest with you, they're, they're a bit stupid, because every time somebody sees them now, they're going to go, Shoplifters! I don't know why we don't shout it in a big, loud voice in a shop every time we see somebody doing it. I see it constantly. Not on a daily basis, which I used to, but not, not far off it, I'm afraid. Not far off it. Uh, 84850, steve uk. Apparently, a transsexual taxi driver, try saying that when you've had a couple of jelly babies, has made it to the shortlist for a one-way trip to Mars on a groundbreaking reality TV show. Oh, thank God for that. A one-way trip to Mars. Wait a minute. Look at Peter Andre. Let's get Peter Andre and Toss Toss on there. That'll be a good idea. This is Melissa Eade. Was picked from 200,000 candidates. She's a former welder from Hull and said she couldn't believe. No, I couldn't believe it either. She was born Leslie. Says there were so many people who were academics or studying space travel and I'm the first transgender person. Oh, God, don't they just drone on about it? Who cares? Listen, you know, it doesn't make any difference. Nobody cares. The Dutch producers are raising cash to send an unmanned mission in 2021. I'm not really sure I want to go and live on Mars, actually. Is there anything on Mars at the moment? Is Mars the red planet? I don't think I want to live on there. What is there? I mean, is there a Barrett housing estate going up or something? Perhaps some of the people from Benefit Street could go there. That'd be quite interesting. Uh, His celebrity stylist, well, he's not really... This is the bloke who was given an MBE by the Prime Minister. Nobody's ever heard of him up until now. I mean, I thought I'd heard of every celebrity stylist. But um, uh, he denied winning an MBE because he cuts David Cameron's hair. He says, I know for a fact it's not because of that. He says, people put me up for the work I've done in the hairdressing council as well as charity work. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) Not the fact that he charges 90 quid to cut a bloke's hair. Best to backtrack now as fast as you can, Lino, because... You know, nobody would ever heard of you before, and I hadn't heard of you afterwards either. But uh, you've got your MBE, so let that be an end to it, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Um, um, yes, the, the problem was, Paul, that over the Christmas period, uh, there were a lot of people doing the... 
podcasting. And that's why some did it and some didn't. And some didn't. He said the other day we had one that whizzed through like Pinky and Perky. Now the 6th of January is not there. Is it going to be going back on again? Oh, I don't know. Boil check. Boil check. He, he, he will go through it. So uh, that's why. And also because there were so many people downloading. We had so many people downloading the things. And then, then the computer started playing up over Christmas. So that, that was... Oh, sorry, I'm just taking it away from me. That was the, that was the reason, I'm afraid. Uh, 8580stevenlbc.co.uk uh, another one here on the, uh, on the, uh, should we do the lottery? Yeah, let's do the lottery, actually, which I think is good. This is, uh, from, uh, Paul in Manchesterford. He said, I've been listening since four, but unable to log on until now. I can confirm that the lottery machine does read the numbers and will confirm whether you're a winner or not. Yeah, but does it do the, the raffle numbers at the bottom? Because we've heard it doesn't. Machines get frequent updates from Camelot HQ overnight, which add or delete items from the software. And at all times, you can ask for past draws. Info on remaining prizes on different scratch cards and many other things besides. As you will recall, I was among the first batch of newsagents sent to Solihull for training when they got the contract. The newsagent giving this wrong info out obviously needs a retrain on his terminal. If he's telling you this kind of thing, and we urge anyone with concerns about how their lottery tickets were sold or checked to contact Camelot directly. The numbers on any of the lottery tickets... And, uh, and the point of sale and the place you purchased. Have we learnt if Loves His Kids and Toss Toss have actually given birth yet? We hear yes, but to be honest with you, I'm about as interested in that as I am in watching a Mars bar melting, I'm afraid. Online rumours yet, as far as I can see. And yes, I, I know she's doing the work, but he'll take the credit. And if the baby has arrived, it's the only time an Andre has been early for anything. Yes, he's just bad timing. He's just rude, isn't he? Just rude and offensive, I'm afraid. Turns up late for absolutely everything. It's very interesting, actually, because when you actually talk about the uh, the uh, the numbers, you do rely on people, don't you? That's why I do it online. Let it all be checked automatically. But you're right; people can get uh, retraced. The other thing that they don't tell you, and this is this is a bit of a naughty one: when you go in and you know you buy a scratch card. Well, sometimes all the main prizes have been won. It's just that they've got the scratch cards to sell, so they have to keep selling them until they've got rid of them to try and recoup the money. Because it's only when you go online onto Camelot's website that in fact people will uh, discover that the main and it will tell you on there you know in the happy monkeys draw for whatever it is on this particular card uh, all the main prizes have gone there's now six other prizes left on the on the game but of course when you buy a ticket you assume if it says on there there's a million pounds to be won on this card that the million pounds is available to be won on that card but unfortunately it's not always the case but they don't tell you that uh, eight for eight five zero. Oh. Jane, 93, in Whitney, oh, God, not long then, says, we obviously don't know anything about Whitney. I've lived here all of my 93 years. And ask, and anyone you ask that lives or, or has been here will tell you what a nice place it is. Take a look at I can't bear it. I can't bear it, Jane. It's a dump of a place. Oh, wouldn't go anywhere near it. The only thing decent about Whitney is the sign saying you're now leaving Whitney. Twinned with anybody in particular, I think. Uh, 84850. Steve says you've got an audience in San Francisco. That's a dump. Oh, blimey, wouldn't I go to San Francisco again in a hurry? A friend of mine went over there. He actually quite liked it. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't like it that much, I'm afraid. I thought it was a little bit out of date. Kevin the Milkman says the only building on Mars at the moment is a Tesco Express waiting for their first customers. <laughs> a circus clown ran through Benefit Street shouting, Quick, quick, a lion's escaped. And everybody shouted, Which way did it go? And he said, You don't think I'm chasing it, do you? 
I was watching one of these uh, police programmes. They were showing people stealing copper cables. Yes, actually, um, two people got arrested. Uh, not arrested. They got electrocuted. They were stealing live cables. I mean, to be honest with you, I laughed. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And... Uh, Another one here, which says, 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 says uh, Ramsey's kitchen nightmares last night. Never seen such a stupid man who wouldn't accept his business was rubbish. I love those programmes. Don't you love it when Gordon Ramsay goes into a place and he goes, well, this is this food is awful. And they go, well, we've always served it like that. But the reason that they've called him in there is to actually sort out why the business has gone wrong. So I, I find them entertaining. I like the the hotel uh, inspector, I think that, that I think she's quite good. And the other woman who goes in when people have got a big country house and they don't want to sell it. But on the other hand, they don't know how to make money out of it. And she goes in and she goes, well, you know, have you thought about doing weddings? Have you thought about, you know, renting it out for art classes or doing this or doing that or putting it up to film companies? That I quite like as well. And I did watch Come Dine With Me the other day with some stupid drag queen who was serving the biggest pile of rubbish food I've ever seen in my entire life. And then one of the blokes on the programme, who was a real die-in-the-wool heterosexual, said to him, he said, um, he said, you don't really think you're good-looking, do you? And this drag queen got really... And, and I thought to myself, it's so funny, because years ago, when you talked about drag, it was Danny LaRue. You know, there were loads of other people out there, but Danny LaRue set the, set the benchmark and set the standard. And some of his costumes came up on that Four Rooms program which has got all sorts of people on there where they bid for items and and i thought you'd never have found danny larue on a, a come dine with me program or he just wouldn't do things like that he was a working professional but nowadays they turn up with their stupid ideas you know and you've got a, a bunch of mixed people there. he was just so affected it was so good and of course i'd never even heard of him you know terrible uh oh jane in, in uh hales owen the onion gravy saga so i had sausages and mashed potato because i'd seen it people had talked about it and they'd said sausages and mashed potato and onion gravy. I thought, oh, delicious. Delicious. Lots of pubs do it. The Barmy Arms does it and everybody else. And so I go into M&S. And I pick up what I think is onion gravy because it's in the... It's, no, it's, I've picked up chicken gravy. So it wasn't, it wasn't until I got to the checkout. I thought, oh, chicken gravy. Let me go round again. They didn't have any onion gravy. There's obviously a world shortage of onions or something. So I thought, right, I'll go to Waitrose. So I go past the fish shop, Sandy's. And I go to Waitrose, and I'm looking along, and where is the onion gravy? Where? Ah, they've got one. One onion gravy. So I buy the one onion gravy. I thought, I'll have to, I have a, you know, I have to find some more, because I bought enough sausages to go, and it was, and I had three sausages, sprouts, mashed potato, I didn't make it, I bought it, and onion gravy. And then on the way back, I thought, wait a minute, Sandy's, the fish shop, I know that they have a range of sauces, and what if they've got onion gravy? So I go in there, so Stuart goes, yes. I said, onion gravy. He said, I think I've got one left. And it's onion gravy with ale. So I had that last night. He said, he said uh, of course, he said, if you don't like it, we'll certainly hear about it, won't we? I said, well, there is that opportunity. There is that opportunity. So I, I took it home. And then I, I said to a friend of mine, I said, I've got this onion gravy with ale. And he said, well, try it first. He said, because sometimes these things, they're, they're, they sound a bit poncy. And it's not, it's not particularly exciting. So I did try it. It was delicious. Unfortunately, I didn't cook the mashed potato long enough, but by the time I poured the sausages over the top with the sprouts and the onion gravy with ale, I was a very happy person. It was absolutely delicious. I'm going to do it again today. I'm going to repeat the process, which is good. Uh, 84850. Steve, I woke at 4am. We're, we're getting more of this. 
boss is going to be so thrilled. We're, we're turning people's lives around in London. People are waking up at four. Because it's no good turning on a quarter to six going, you know, I'm listening from quarter... No, no, no. Four o'clock is when we start, thank you. But, uh, I thought I'd put the radio on whilst I make my peppermint tea. Oh, yuck, peppermint tea. I saw a load on the charities desk upstairs. There's all these posh teas and everything else. And, and I sit opposite somebody in the office. I don't want to mention his name, Adrian. And he's got... Oh, sorry. Uh, he has sort of different teas... Which is sort of, you know, they do this, whether it makes any difference to them, I've got no idea. So anyway, peppermint tea, Steve, and um, I can't turn the radio off now, because I'm laughing so much. He says, I'm trying not to wake the children. You've taken my mind off the toothache, says Lorraine. I shall set my alarm for 4am every day. Toothache, the worst. Oh, God, the worst. I have so much sympathy for you with toothache. That is, that is absolutely the worst. And we tried it all, haven't we? You've tried all if you've if you've had toothache before, it's like, oh, please make it go away. Please make it I mean I haven't had toothache for years, but among toothache, back pain, and foot problems, those are the back pain is the worst. Many of you listening going, Don't talk to me about toothache, you want to try backache. Because that can really, really change it. And some people it's I mean, I've had backache before. Oh, it was excruciating. Absolutely terrible. I mean absolutely terrible, I'm afraid. Not nice. There's a, a woman in the paper today. And uh, she's called Naomi uh, Onnell. And uh, she was out there and um, she was walking and she was caught on camera. She gave evidence when she was attacked late at night on a London street. Um, Somebody threw acid over her. Somebody threw acid in her face. And so it's 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 um, it's disfigured her. And she's really, really unhappy about it, as you can well imagine. And so this uh, this case is is in the papers today, and it's it's absolutely driven. Why would anybody ever do that to somebody? You know, she's on all the television programmes. You'll be hearing about her today. Somebody can actually do that to somebody. I remember there was a case a while ago, and it was of a bride who didn't want to be with her husband. It was a forced marriage, and she didn't want to be with him. She wasn't in love with him, but unfortunately, such was the commitment that they made her drink acid. They made her, they held her down and forced at, and you think, these people should be strung up. I mean, it's just not good enough, I'm afraid. It's not good enough. You know, I don't think, I mean, sometimes I think the law is an ass. Sometimes I think that the law gets it right, but the majority of the time, I think they get it totally wrong. You know, people who abuse people get nothing in the courts. It's just, it's not good enough. It's almost as if we're frightened to put people in court now. But uh, I don't think we should be. Uh, It's quarter to six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Every 11 minutes to uh, to 6. I'll do the front pages of the papers for you in a, in a moment, in case you're just uh, waking up. And then there are stories of the papers of this dreary model, Cara Delevingne. I'd be more happy if I saw her with a bloke, but uh, she spends most of her time with women, and I'm not sure if it's because she's androgynous or whether she's going to be crawling out any time soon. But uh, they say now that they like her because she's sort of flat. Her face is flat and they can sort of do all kinds of things with it. Uh, in my day, we called it plain Jane, I'm afraid. Uh, Re come dine with me, says Lee. And the people dressing up and being annoying. Did you ever see that total sourpuss who moonlighted as Applejack the Clown? No, I didn't. I don't, I'm not, I don't know. There was a clown on there, wasn't there? That must have been quite interesting. I like, the, uh, I like that one there. Uh, somebody says, as I said before, life starts at 4am. You've started a new time scale. Oh, I know. 
It's become quite addictive, actually. And uh, Rochelle says, I work at Waitrose selling the lottery. I can confirm the terminal checks, the complete ticket, including the raffle numbers. And regarding the Chantel statement, this is Chantel saying that Waitrose asked her to leave and said they wouldn't serve her because she was on the phone to her daughter. She said um, Waitrose would never refuse to serve a customer being on their mobile. Good customer service is first and foremost. The amount of times I have as a cashier served a customer is on their mobile throughout the transaction. I wouldn't say anything. No, I mean, it's just, it's as they've said, uh, they basically said that uh, Chantel is, um, what have they said? I better, I better quote exactly. Just, I don't want to get their, their statement wrong. She said she had to run out of the shop because of embarrassment. She was crying. Uh, Waitrose have said, and I quote, Chantel's story is a fabrication of the truth. Well, I can well believe it. She's, uh, she's well known for that kind of thing. Her whole life is a fabrication, I'm afraid. So, uh, so that's why, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, uh The drag cream, uh, Adriana says, uh, from Come Dines is superb cook. It was a dreadful food. It was absolutely revolting. It was the worst stuff I'd ever seen in my entire life. And I stand with everybody else on that one, I'm afraid. It was terrible. Uh, yes, it was the raffle numbers I referred to my last email, says Paul. You can ask for breakdowns on prizes left on scratch cards. Um, he says, uh, who of our number is in hospital? Oh, I'll have to tell you after six, because they're, they're in hospital bed. And it's only after six when they come around and start turning the lights on to wake you up. As I know, having been in hospital, and you, and you start going there, and you think, oh, I'll, I'll get... To, and they wouldn't let me go to sleep. They wouldn't let me go to sleep. So every time I started nodding, they came around and wake me up again. I was phew. Actually, I wasn't really. I quite enjoyed my experience in hospital. I loved the food. Uh, 84850. Howard says, I went to the boat show on Saturday. I bought a very large yacht. It's amazing how it fits into a matchbox. Would I have a chance to pull Trini? I don't know. I'm so worried about that relationship. I'm sure it'll, it'll make all the papers, won't it? And we'll all be talking about it for the remainder of this year, boring the pants off everybody, I'm afraid. I shall try not to. Try not to. But if it makes the papers, we have to do it. Uh, Bernice is listening in uh, Ireland. Because I now wake up at five just to listen to you. Some advice. After 12 years, I'm now living on my own. How do I learn to enjoy it? I don't know, actually. I don't know what the answer is to that one. But I know lots of people who live by themselves and they absolutely love it. They don't have any problem with it at all. You know, I remember years ago, someone said, oh, you'd be lonely. In fact, a friend of mine has just he said to me earlier on this morning, he said, oh, he's, he's moving into, he's been sharing a flat and he's now moving in by himself into a place. He said, the only thing that worries me, he said, is I might get lonely. I said, why would you get lonely? You weren't lonely before. I said, you didn't really spend too much time with the other people. He said, no. He said, I just worry. He said, but it might encourage me to go out. I said, do you know, to be honest with you, I like the staying in bit. The staying in bit, I think, is, uh, is, is fantastic. But I suppose in London, people do, do worry about that kind of thing. I don't know what the answer is. I wish I knew what the answer is to, to not... Uh, to sort of to not feel lonely and to enjoy it because I I love every day. I think DVDs are and books and stuff like that are great. The radio I think is a great healer. The radio thinks a fantastic healer. Not necessarily music radio, but I think speech radio is a fantastic healer. The amount of people I get that say you should be available on the NHS it's kind of got us through toothache, diphtheria, and whooping cough. Not necessary in that order. Uh, Jane Moore. Is ter- talking uh, about earlier this week reveal around fifteen children a day are now being diagnosed with a sexually transmitted infection, and eighty-seven percent of them are girls. The figures have more than doubled. Of the- Wait for this; this will depress you completely. Of the five and a half thousand treated, ninety of them were aged twelve or under. Twelve or under. 
The rest were sexually active teens with conditions such as chlamydia, gonorrhea, herpes and genital warts. Begging the question, with an increasing number of celebrities peddling the sex-without-love message, will this deeply worrying problem escalate further? I mean, the latest so-called star to join the Hall of Shame is Jasmine Waltz, who, by her own admission, is famous for breaking up Courtney Cox's marriage and slapping Lindsay Lohan. So far, she's rolled around drunk on the floor on Celebrity Big Brother, flashed her breasts, been sexually explicit with Dappy, and she's only just met him. Yes, I'm afraid there is a name, Jane Moore, as you know, for girls like that. And uh, it begins with S. And it's very short and ends with G. I mean, it's just pathetic. But that's Channel 5, isn't it? That's the kind of rubbish they want to put on there. You know, we have to put up with these old tarts that come over from America. I mean, that's somebody's claim to fame. But there again, some of the other people in there, their their claim to fame is they're bankrupt. Or they've appeared on a reality show. And that's what's so sad about the state of television, that they aren't celebrities, but they're made to believe they're celebrities. I mean, to be honest with you, I would take her out... And, and and make sure she gets a proper job. I mean, it's, it's no proper job, you know, breaking up people's relationships. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And um, she talks about uh, Geordie Shaw star, Vicky Patterson, who was taken to court last week. Star, you see, again, we use this, this stupid word star. She's not a star at all. They're just badly behaved, fat, bloated, overweight heifers. She said she was taken to court for throwing her stilettos in the general direction of a woman in a nightclub and cutting her face. Yet when Sir Alex Ferguson kicked a boot at David Beckham and gashed his head, it was dismissed by a Manchester United spokesman at the time as whatever happens in the dressing room remains private. You see, two different laws in this country. Get somebody famous and somebody even more famous and they go, ah, it's only only a bit of fun, isn't it? Get some old tart from a, a dreadful reality show and immediately... Oh, no, into court for that. It's all wonder the court... The judges must sit there going, what is this case? Oh, for goodness sake, honestly. People need to get over themselves, I'm afraid. Uh, and also uh, a picture today of... Who the dickens is that? I've got no idea. Uh, it's um, some Moral and Hardy. It's the Millie Awards before Christmas. A young, unassuming man sitting on the same table as me, says Jane Moore. It was only when he was introduced on stage to present 904 uh, Air Wing Tornado Detachment with the best unit going that I realised it was Brit-born Hollywood star Tom Hardy. He stayed long into the night, happily posed for endless photographs with our servicemen and women, and was genuinely fascinated by their stories. Last week, his name popped up again when he presented a £24,000 cheque to a children's hospice at Teesside, raised during his recent expedition to Siberia. Mr Hardy may be a Batman baddie, but in real life he's clearly one of the goodies. See, I like it. We like Jane Moore. We like her a lot. We'll go through the uh, the front pages of the papers and we shall weave in all your texts and emails between now and uh, half past. Uh, another one here very quickly. Let's try and get it in. Um, your, your, your Stuart Little joke, he said, had me laughing. This is uh, Adam. I quite like the idea of a mouse that talks. I think that's, you know, it's harmless, isn't it? It's not going to lock me up for it. Makes it sound as I've been drinking, doesn't it? Poor person who wrote in saying, I've just discovered a, uh, a, a mouse in the kitchen. That always worries me. If they're coming in from outside, it's not so good, I'm afraid. Only discovered you recently. It's uh, Cassie, who's a Glaswegian. God, you're starved of, uh, starved of decent radio up there, aren't you? Uh, 84850. The reason Evander Holyfield is constantly reading his Bible is because he thinks he's died and gone to hell, says Willem Bromley. Yes, I mean, I, I have to be honest, he harbours some very... Although I spoke to a friend of mine 
the other day, who is gay, and I said, were you not offended by Evander Holyfield's comments? He said, no, let him dig his own grave in there. This was the man who says that you aren't born gay, but you decide on that, on that way of life. He's too stupid for his own good, I'm afraid. Uh, some may laugh, says Kate, but the idea of popping even ground clothes on the gums of an aching tooth is an absolute godsend. This calms the nerve and numbs the horrid pain. The ground clothes will stop you from choking. Yes, I mean, I've, I've, uh, they used to call it tooth tincture. You get a little bottle of it in a chemist. I don't know if you still get it. I'll have to ask Mr. Shah in goods. But it's a little bottle of tooth tincture, and you put it on a tooth that was, that was hurting you. But as I sort of go to the dentist now, I probably go about every six months. Go and get a checkup. If there's anything needs doing, then we have it done. And I tend to find the longer you put it off, the worse it becomes. And that's, that's when it, it starts getting a little bit of a problem, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. I don't need an alarm clock, says Pat. I wake up automatically at four every morning, and I know I have two hours to lay and listen and laugh, and then I get up for work. Even on my days off, I do it. It's nice to change the, uh, the nation's habit. Which is good. Listen, coming up to the news at six, it's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. You're very welcome this morning. Uh, we've actually managed to make it through. You know, I can't believe we're ploughing through January already. We're up to the 8th of January. It doesn't seem... Honestly, I'm convinced last week I was singing Hark the Herald Angels. And now, now we're practically looking forward to Easter, as we've discovered that Easter eggs are on sale. But it's Wednesday, January the 8th. If you don't have to go to work today, it doesn't matter. It's just nice to have your company anyway. And you're very welcome. We're here until 6.30. Seats at all prices. But the news at 6 is next. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. I'm still having no luck with this uh, with this <laughs> stupid thing on, on Twitter. I shall find out exactly why it's all gone. Uh, for some reason, I've got Rachel Riley up on my Twitter, and I can't, I can't actually get rid of it. I know what I'll do. I'll try that old age-old trick. If it doesn't work on your mobile phone, turn it off and turn it back on again, and that generally gets rid of little gremlin. I don't want nothing like that. Thank you very much indeed. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome along to the programme. If you've just woken up, it's another another one of those days. Not as bad yesterday. Not as bad as it was yesterday, I can tell you. And I shall tell you now exactly what the uh, what the weather is going to be. Just in case you're thinking to yourself, is it going to be another blooming wet, horrible day? Mostly dry, sunny spells. OK, that's the best it's going to get today. The high is 11 degrees centigrade. Uh, tonight, it's cloudy with outbreaks of rain spreading from the west this evening. And then tomorrow, outbreaks of rain. Here we go, back to the heavy showers again. Drier and brighter from the west, windy at times. Friday. This, where is this time going? We're, we're getting through the week so fast. Please let it slow down. Please let it slow down. Friday's a dry, bright start. Some frost, further cloud and rain. Saturday, any cloud and rain clearing, then becoming dry and bright. And Sunday, dry, bright and cold. See, I don't mind dry, bright and cold. I can do dry, bright and cold. Today, you know, I think we should be OK Mostly dry. When they say mostly dry, there might be one or two isolated showers, bright or sunny spells. So there you go. It's about, about the best I can offer you today, which is better than yesterday, wasn't it? Um, uh, 84850, steve at uk. Somebody just sent me a, a very funny thing about Evander Holyfield. I'll just keep... I'm, I'm thinking back to, to Jane Moore. 
writing in the paper about that ghastly girl who's in the Big Brother house. I'm not going to call it Celebrity Big Brother house because 99% of them are not celebrities. They're very stupid, attention-seeking people, which I, I should get a bit annoyed about, I'm afraid. So there's no point in doing that at all. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Lynn says, do you remember Topo Gigio? Yes, yes. He, he spoke, didn't he? Topo Gigio was a, uh, a black art mouse. It was uh, all the puppeteers were dressed in black velvet, and so you didn't see them. Well, I mean, occasionally you saw little little flashes. Very clever, actually. Very clever. And uh, Cassie says, we're not starved of radio in Glasgow, cheeky. I've got good taste and like your programme. Yeah, and you are starved of good radio. Of course you are. That's why you're listening to this. This is, this, this is the best it's going to get for you today. The best it's going to get. Um, the people in... CBB, not amusing, very embarrassing, not entertaining, and even for broad-minded people, disgusting. Yes, I mean, I, I think it, it is absolutely awful, I'm afraid. I mean, I, I just think we've sunk about as low as we can get when you get Louisa Ziesman, another talentless woman from The Apprentice. The programme just turned out more talentless bigheads than I've ever encountered in my entire life. I've never met so many people who seriously believe that they have some God-given right to appear on the television or on radio. I, I cannot get my head round it at all, I'm afraid. It's awful. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one. I'm trying to weave in as many things as I can. I'll tell you what I'll do. Let me do the front pages of the of the papers, because it's the weather in America that dominates for a lot of people. Hell, they say, has frozen over. The weather is of biblical proportions. And if you look at the, the pictures, uh, uh, hell is in, incidentally in Michigan. And the temperature plunged there to minus 40. 16 deaths. And it's not just people... Outside, it's people inside their homes as well. People who are frightened to put on uh, the heating because they can't afford to do it. Same in this country. It goes around the world, I'm afraid. <coughs> and when you actually look at it, they had to go out on the streets the other day handing out gloves to people who must have been... Fr- but gloves make no difference. I've been in minus 30, and we had gloves on and heated handlebars on our skidoos. And I'm telling you now, it was as cold as hell. Even with thick gloves on, heated handlebars, I was still frozen to death. I couldn't wait to get back inside again. Absolutely. The only thing that was, that was, was difficult was having a shower in the morning because their showers, it was like a shower room. You know, individual in, in your actual bedroom, but it was all tiles. You just stood in the middle of the floor. I, I think they call it a wet room. Paul O'Grady used to have one of these in his house, the other side of Tower Bridge. And I remember thinking, so you've, you've got a room, like the size of this room here, just with a big shower thing at the end. So you stand in the middle of a room. There's no sort of protection around you. You know, I quite like sort of a little shower unit thing around me, or a curtain or something. And then you've got the toilet at the other side, and then there's a, a wash basin. But it was just this big shower. And I used to think, Paul O'Grady, how on earth do you have showers in here? I couldn't... It's like standing in the middle of a sitting room or standing in the middle of Leicester Square having a shower with nothing on. Equally disturbing, I'm afraid. So, uh, very cold. Hell freezing over. The vile family kept a slave in a garage. Uh, Louisa, even while she's inside the Big Brother house, uh, they're droning on about dreary stories. Apparently, she's had uh, some sort of sexual addiction, a sexual, a sexual addiction, and uh, she's had treatment for it. I mean, to be honest with you, just cheap, low-rent, tacky, not of any interest to anybody in this country at all, I'm afraid, but that's what people think you want to watch nowadays, but we don't. They say celebrity big brother babe. There's nothing babe about her. She's a talentless woman, totally talentless, going on television, behave, you know, behaving so badly. Dappy is bad enough. Jasmine is just uh, 
Just bad, I'm afraid. And poor old Lee Ryan, a sad, pathetic waste of space at the best of times. So he's also kissed glamour girl Casey Batchelor, who nobody's ever heard of before. And, um, and now they're actually looking at sort of who's hanging around with who. I suspect the next two people to get it on will be Evander Holyfield and Jim Davidson. That'll make it marginally interesting for the rest of us. The rest of them, I'm afraid, I wouldn't give you threepence for. Uh, also inside the paper today, um, I don't know, the Sun's kind of given up on stories. They've just sort of, they, they, they've gone on to the, uh, the rape jibe tweeters, the two uglies. This is uh, two Twitter trolls, Isabella Sawley, 23, and God knows she's ugly. And John Nimmo, who's even more pathetically sad. I want more pictures of them in the paper. I think people should pin them up in their windows of the town where they live, you know, pointing out just what vile people they are. One comes from Newcastle, and uh, the stuff that they wrote is just menacing. And so that's why they've... Uh, they're going to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect £200. More on the Benefit Street programme. I don't, um, I don't know anything about it. I haven't seen it. And then Ant and Deck, uh, because they're filming another advert for the supermarket that they get paid a lot of money to, uh, to promote. The Daily Mail on the front page. Channel 4 facing a police probe over a, a documentary. This is Benefit Street showing a thief showing how to shoplift. Well, to be honest with you, Channel 4 can argue in court that all the stuff that will be shown on the programme is commercially available on the internet, I should imagine. If you want to know how to shoplift, you know, it's not difficult. In most cases, you just pick it up and run. But this man was telling you how to sort of put stuff in a bag and, and get it through the alarms and stuff like that. I mean, it's gone on for donkey's years. nothing new in it. So, you know, police probe might be, but I don't think it will, uh, it will change anything at all. Uh, also inside... Uh, out of jail and into shoplifting. Danny was filmed boasting about his shoplifting haul. I mean, the man's a pathetic, a pathetic low life. Nothing you can do about it. Uh, Black D, D Roberts, who's never worked for six years, is on this benefit street here. Uh, she complained that she was duped into appearing. You look a bit stupid, dear, so I'm assuming duping you can't be that complicated. Daily Mirror on the front page. Who is Hermione got under her spell? This is from, uh, this is uh, young Miss Watson, I think. Uh, baby bomber, a baby rescued from the rubble after Syrian dictator Bashar Assad's latest devastating airstrike on his own people. That's front page. Uh, Linda, celebrities bailout, another one on benefits. They didn't save their money. They weren't uh, provided for. And also the awful story of a, of a Briton and his beauty queen ex-wife shot dead in front of their five-year-old daughter at a roadside robbery in Venezuela. Doesn't get any worse, does it, really? Police believe the pair were attacked by gunmen on a motorway whilst waiting for their car to be towed away. <coughs> Thomas Berry and former Miss Venezuela, Monica Spearmoots, died from single gunshot wounds. Their daughter, who was hit in the leg during Monday's attack near Valencia, is recovering in hospital. Travel firm boss Mr Berry had lived in the country since 82. His brother-in-law said, we're very, very shocked. It's not good at all, is it? There's sad stories. Uh, Metro running on the front page. Emma, the omnipresent. This is Miss Willis. Uh, she promises to stay off television. Well, kind of, sort of. Uh, and the, the Twitter troll behind bars. Isabella Sawley and uh, John Nemo threatened Caroline Criado Perez in expletive-laden messages on the site. I can't begin to tell you the vile stuff that they wrote. But uh, luckily in prison, not passing go and not going anywhere soon. Uh, we've got hospital patients listening to this programme. I know we have because I've been sent an email, so I should tell you about that in a moment. 14 minutes past six. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
Morning, everybody. 6.20 is at the time. Nick Ferrari and the team this morning on LBC 97.3. Uh, as MPs warn that budget cuts could be hindering how we deal with storms, Nick will be asking, how good has the storm clean-up be? Slow, I should imagine, in many people's uh, experiences. Plus, why are so many young people suicidal? Is it just London? And can... Uh, Meditation helps stave off depression. Yasmin Khan will be looking at the papers for this morning. I know there's a lady in hospital who listens to this programme all the time. And uh, she's in there at the moment. I'm not allowed to say what she's in for, mainly because I don't know. Her name is Pat. She's in the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Woolworth. In Woolworth or Walworth? I don't know. Where's Woolworth? Is she in Woolworths? So, Pat, and we know she's in there because she's in bed next to Uncle Rob's mother-in-law, Jenny. They're both in there. It's unbelievable. She listens every day, although only after six in hospital. It would make her day, says Uncle Rob. So Pat and Jenny, get well soon. Can't be much fun, can it? But mind you, you'll have breakfast soon. I'm looking forward to breakfast this morning, but we've got, we've got a sort of busy little morning. We've got some. Uh, we've got a, a prereq to do for In Conversation, and, and then tomorrow, hospital. So I've, I've, you're hospital today, I'm hospital tomorrow. And then uh, Friday... We've got Griffiths Jones coming in for In Conversation, which will run, I think, the week after next, I think, because this week it's going to be the fabulous Carol Vorderman and Imogen Stubbs. So I'm looking forward to uh, those two. Well, in fact, I'm looking forward to rehearing them, because I, I only hear them when I do them. But if you get my drift, you don't actually hear them. As you're, as you're going through, you just have a, have a laugh. And that's what I do it for, actually, I'm afraid. I can't imagine, says Noreen, the coldness of the weather in America... So Sandy is in the really cold region. Let's hope he doesn't come to the UK. Well, I hope not. I hope not. Um, I'm reliably informed it won't, but I think we will get snow this year. And as usual, it'll be the people up in Scotland, because they deserve it, who will get it first, and then it will drift down here. And again, you know, my, my uh, raison d'etre, I'm afraid, is the same every time. If, it, if you don't have to go out in it, don't go out in it. It frightens me on the motorway. I drive down, I think, I've only got to hit, hit a patch of black ice and we're all in trouble. And I've seen some dreadful car accidents over in America. People who've gone out going far too fast, hit a little bit of ice, skidding about all over the place, accidents. The benefits programme, lots of them smoking and cans of beer. I'm sure some are genuinely in need, but some definitely not. No, that, that seems to be what everybody has, uh, has actually said. I'm afraid. And the, uh, the police are investigating because it's got this section in it which shows uh, people showing you how to shoplift. But there again, people who shoplift, you know, it's not going to appeal to 99.9% of you listening at the moment. You're not going to be remotely interested in shoplifting. There might be some people, which is great. Uh, Chris says, I'm in hospital too. Just had a sleep study at the Royal Brompton. And that's a nice idea. Do you remember when they used to have the Common Cold Research Centre? They closed it down because they realised they were never going to find a cure for the common cold because it's a, a virus. Uh, Will says, Louisa Zisman is nothing but a foul-mouthed, talentless nobody. Her parents and daughter must be so proud. Yes, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. I don't, I don't know why somebody like that would, would, would be on television. Absolutely terrible, I'm afraid. Uh, try peas with your mash tonight, says John in Heathrow. I'm not a pea fan, stra- strangely enough, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850. Steve at uh, lbc.co.uk. We shall weave everything in. Another one here. Uh, I'm going to be 60 in... Oh, I've lost it. In October, I'll get in my free bus pass. Well, I have to wait till I'm 65. I'm a female. I've got no idea. 
I have no idea what age you get free bus passes now, I'm afraid. Not a clue. If Pat is in hospital in Woolworths, is she the threepenny or the sixpenny ward, says Kevin the Milkman. Wishing you well, Pat. There you go. Front page of the uh, papers uh, for this morning, the Express. It's the only paper we never actually looked at. And now we're running out of time. Uh, health alert over drug thousands take each day. This is uh, a drug called Zolp... Uh, it's called Zolpidem, which is sold under the brand name Stillnocked in the UK, linked with a dramatic rise in the number of life-threatening cardiac uh, happenings. So be warned. Mind you, the, the Express either do a weather or they do a medical story. Uh, they've got Charlize Theron, Hollywood star, falls for movie bad boy Sean Penn, who turned his life around, I think, Sean Penn. That's what, uh, that's what everybody says. Uh, plus they've got this, uh, this dreadful story of the ex-Miss Venezuelan, Monica Spear, and Thomas Berry, both uh, murdered as they waited by at the side of the road. Taking a break pays off, apparently, according to papers today. Practice does not always make perfect. But psychologists say cramming is a bad idea and a looser approach involves more breaks, which pays off. They studied 850,000 people. Now, that's a lot of people to study. Carol Vorderman will tell us on Sunday. They did a study about uh, body morphic and how women's shapes have changed over the years. And... Uh, she said that it, I think there's about 3,000 people in their survey, which is, as far as I'm concerned, a big, big survey. So when I hear of a survey here with 850,000 people, that's what I call a ginormous survey. Most surveys is, is only a few people, I'm afraid. And, and it doesn't really sort of bear looking at. Uh, here's the, uh, the picture of Kim Jong-un's uh, auntie. Uh, this is strange. He, he, he executed his uncle... And it turned out that the, uh, the husband was accused of treason, so he was executed. It turned out that she committed suicide. Uh, as I say, over in North Korea, anything is possible, ladies and gentlemen. What they call is suicide is probably what they call assisted, I should imagine. It's not the kind of place you ever want to go to, is it, I'm afraid? It really isn't. Uh, other stories in the papers today. Uh, it's Sunshine Saturday. You know why Sunshine Saturday? Because it turns out that this coming Saturday will be the day that you search the internet to find out... Uh, exactly where you can go and get a bit of sunshine because eventually you get a little bit fed up with it, don't you? And you sort of go, oh, I don't, I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to do this. And, and I, I need to get away from this horrible weather here. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and uh, I'll go and find a little bit of sunshine. So that's why you'll be searching and chatting to all the experts online about, you know, where can I go and get a bit of cheap sunshine? And the answer is you can find it all over the place. Now's a good time to buy, I think, if you really want to get out. Uh, at the front of the Times this morning, it's a five-minute workout. It's, apparently our attention span is so so little now that we get about as far as that. And uh, the Lamb of God, the Pope visited a church on the outskirts of Rome and a well-wisher placed a, ra- a, a, a ram, I do beg your pardon, a, a lamb around the Pope's shoulders. <laughs> I bet they dined well that night. Uh, men told to wait before prostate treatment. Unnecessary harsh side effects could be avoided. The independent racist bullying the next generation. And uh, apparently George Osborne is set to approve an above inflation rise in the national minimum wage as the Conservatives seek to appeal to the low paid and shed their party of the rich image. That'll take some doing, I should imagine. Uh, half of sex attackers are spared jail, according to the Daily Telegraph. 
And uh, how to get ahead, hairdressers holding the keys to the salons of power. This is the so-called celebrity hairdresser, Lino, who, frankly, as I said earlier, I've never even heard of before. But he cuts the Prime Minister's hair. Uh, He says he didn't get his MBE for that. He got it because of his uh, work with the National Hairdressing Council and its charity work. It's always a good one, isn't it? Charity work always wins, as far as I'm concerned. Listen, have a lovely day. The podcast will be up for you in about 25, 30 minutes' time, and the main podcast a little bit later on. Have a lovely day. We actually might get some decent weather. Don't forget to download. Follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. Nick and the team with you at 7. The morning news coming up next with Lisa Aziz.